0: Bev's Video Kingdom is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is
1: advised. Bev's Video Kingdom is brought to you by Fat Guys on a Little Coke. Moving <laughs> Are you getting the hell out of Dodge and need help packing up your shit? Are you tired of unanswered calls and texts from your friends because they're pretty sure all you really want is help on moving day? Well, skip all that aggravation and call us fat guys on a little coke moving service. (laughs) I know what you're thinking. Can a bunch of tubby chub chubs really be that useful? Normally, I'd agree with you, but that's where the coke comes in. (laughs) We supply each and every one of our workers with just enough nose candy to keep those chunky butts moving. A little bump and that truck will be chuck full before you can say, holy shnikes. (laughs) We also have a partnership with the local poultry farm and every shift ends with all the chicken wings they can eat. And that's all the motivation they need. So give us a call. We'll send you a contract. You give us your Herbie Hancock, and we'll be in business. Fat guys on a little Coke. And remember our motto, friends help you move. Good friends hire movers.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The number of commercials that Scott does about cocaine. Yes. Is amazing. I'm surprised they weren't getting uh, Michael Caine
3: by
1: Michael but Michael, Caine. Michael Caine.
2: Caine by Michael Caine. I
1: l- literally <laughs> thought about trying to work that in. It, it just
4: didn't make it didn't make sense.
2: Uh, it always makes sense.
4: I will-
3: Oh my gosh, I see a record sign. It's got the red little dot over here. I think we're good to go. Check boys. it again,
0: Brad. Check it again.
3: Yep. We are good to go. <laughs> Welcome back, BBK. What is up? This is Brad. I am uh, hosting tonight for our, uh, our interesting pod about Tommy Boy. Have you seen this movie? Any of you guys? I
0: had I had never nope. seen it.
3: Yeah, no, it's, no, it's, it's a very I, obscure like I'd indie.
2: <laughs> so yeah, that's what you the way we're going. have heard today. of it, but yeah, uh, you know. I mean, if you're three, maybe you haven't seen it. So I, how? How? I mean, we're in a very specific demographic. Not that exactly. anyone else has noticed. You know that we're like very, you know, one track. But are we talking about our skin tone? Oh <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm. Are you are talking what, about what's
3: in our pants? I'm all of oh. the.
2: Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ambiguous, but anyway, so I mean, how many people outside of our generation, right? Like we all were nineties guys, right? So like we all kind of in within a window, we were of coming of age of some sort in the mid to late nineties. Specifically though, like junior high, junior uh, high, high school, when, when this this stretch of funniest came out. Yeah. So did people that were like in their twenties at the time or did people that were, you know, in elementary school, at the time, see this. I mean, is this a is this a movie Like, if you were fifty year
3: old, were you like, no. I got to go see this? Because I, like, I don't.
2: So. I, I, my guess is my dad's going to be like, "What the fuck did you guys? What what is Tommy Boy?" No, nah, <laughs> he may not. I think t- my dad's probably seen it. But I see what you're just saying
3: like, did how much did it get into the pop culture like sphere? Was it something that people were talking about, or was it just like our generation was all in on this? And because we saw Chris Farley on SNL, knew how funny it was, and other people were just. I like, I mean, I think a lot of people watched
2: guy? SNL a, of a lot of generations at that time. Thirty-eight million at the box office. I mean, that's not. It's not. Yeah, it's not superstitious. I mean, it's it, not killing it's, it. So I think people of a lot of generations watched SNL. Like I, I don't. I, I, so I, at that time, I mean, it was kind of heyday, right? Like eighty, late eighties, early nineties. And while the while filming this, they were like full on filming SNL too. Like oh, kind of
4: yeah. going
0: back and forth. So the, I think they were pretty. Yeah i mean they oh. were pretty popular characters on the show i would i would assume i wasn't a big snl guy
3: something that happens though i think with a lot of generations though is they always look back fondly on like their generations snl people and so i think this was the adam sandler chris farley and these people were like yeah. oh fuck this humor this is just like
2: yeah they're like this potty humor bill murray dan Aykroyd, chevy you know, chase you know, chevy like, chevy like chase, yeah, yeah i mean
3: that's that that's what they i think that probably the older generation was thinking because adam sandler was playing a lot of stupid parts and and farley was playing a lot no no no, i'm just saying like (laughs) comparatively to when maybe what the older generation was doing i don't know but maybe i'm wrong so he
0: wasn't really so so they filmed this or it was in pre-production at the exact same time as billy madison And uh, I guess the guy's name was uh, Tommy Boy was going to be Billy. I guess.
2: Yeah, Billy the Third.
0: Yeah. Did you read? Did you
2: read that? I was check that That's weird." So so you guys both have access to IMDb, is what you're saying? No, I I didn't actually get it on IMDb. Yeah, something called Metacritic.
3: I thought yeah. you to say your inside sources, inside uh, yeah, sources. Talk say. to David. <laughs> oh,
0: that's cool. day. <laughs> my,
3: my anonymous sources. Yeah, said that same thing. So that's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, no, it's 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 a ninety-five when this comes out, and it's right there when they're starting to unleash uh, Adam Sandler and Chris Farley onto the world with feature productions. And and Chris Farley, we're going to talk about later, just because there's a, a lot of interesting things about his career. But I just want to first kind of comment. One, this movie is directed by a guy named Peter Siegel, uh, Siegel, who's done quite a bit of stuff. He has a lot of things on his resume. It's written by a, a husband-wife team, Bonnie Turner, Terry Turner. But the funny thing is, is that I think there's only one scene in the movie that was actually written by them. Uh, after that, the, it completely got rewritten by the director. So it's one of those movies where it has the the taglines as the writer are, are the this couple – but then he came in and basically completely changed it up and said it was a shit movie without his changes. So
1: well then there had to be a lot of uh ad libbing and you know cuz I know the you know the yeah. fat guy in the little coat thing was a thing that he used to that Farley used to do it all the time in the Saturday Night Live offices. So they definitely took a lot of stuff, you know, and ad-libbed it. Well,
2: you got to think this group, right? Like you you got to kind of run let them run wild a little bit cuz they're just so they're so funny. And the physical comedy is such a big part of it that you kind of play into that. You know, that plays into the dialogue.
3: Yeah. I mean, you could say, I have uh, uh, Chris Farley in mind for this part, but once you get him actually in front of the cameras, there's going to be some shit he's going to do that's going to just blow your mind. And he's going to do some wild shit. And you're going to be like, okay, we got to keep that in there. Mm -hmm. So, of course, there's going to have to be some. You're not going to go strictly by. No, no, no. You have to say these exact words, Chris. Like, you're not going to put that. You can't do that to the SNL guys. Like, that's just the way it's it's not going to work that way. So, um, Tommy boy, I did not see this in the theater. I know this is something I saw later. It wasn't, I I wasn't running out to see, uh, all the Adam Sandler movies. I just, I I don't know why it probably should have been my wheelhouse, but I was, uh, sneaking into R rated movies and stuff and trying to, you know, catch a little, uh, boob here and there. And that was just not something I I actually did. So did you guys catch it in theater? Oh yeah. For sure.
2: Oh, definitely. Really?
0: I, w- I did not see it in theater. I remember seeing it on like a buddy's VHS though, and and I thought it was funny, funnier than I thought it was th- uh, during uh,
2: th- for this rewatch. So this was a from this was a time for me when I saw everything. Like there there was a period of time when, I mean everything is too strong because there was genres I wouldn't see, but they were fewer than today. Like I kind of made a point of seeing maybe ninety five percent of the stuff that was released nationwide in theaters so like probably most of high school certainly by the time 95 came around i was like so i definitely would have seen this in the theater and i was pretty huge fan of all the snl stuff that came before right before this so like the wayne's world right which comes in the early 90s i was just amazing right and so i wasn't so much an snl fan like, I liked some of the stuff, as I was just a fan of these kind of movies as they were coming along. So I remember, like, I loved it in the theater. Well, I, I, that was one of the funniest things I'd ever seen.
3: These were all BVK rentals for me. This was all something that I was catching, uh, uh, heading down to Bev's Video Kingdom and picking it up and, and, and checking it out at home. Uh, my dad, who, like, I, I, we shared a lot of uh, uh, a comedy... Uh, um,
0: strange Brew and whatnot.
3: <laughs> <laughs> strange Brew and whatnot was definitely in our wheelhouse. And so uh, he did not like the SNL guys. He did not like Farley. He did not like uh, Adam Sandler. Like I said, I, I've said this before, aside from Waterboy, that was kind of his own thing. But other than that, he just really didn't like the, the, those guys at all. And so I just wouldn't watch him because usually time it'd be like, hey, mom's gone. Let's go. Let's go rent a movie and watch something. And uh, he just didn't want to see Adam Sandler or Chris Farley stuff. So
1: That's really interesting to me because I was thinking about this earlier. I don't. I've never really heard very many people say they don't like Chris Farley. Like yeah. y- you'll hear people say, "Oh, I don't like Will Ferrell," or "I don't like Adam Sandler." I, you know, I especially, you know, there is definitely certain people that are either you like him or you don't. And Farley, I think everybody, I thought everybody loved. I guess your dad doesn't, so that's odd. Just, to
3: me. Yeah, it's a, a weird little like blind spot there that he just does not dig. Yeah. So,
1: so I don't
2: know what we haven't talked about yet and even said the word and which is a, the name, which is a crime, is like David Spade for me was the I mean I loved Chris Farley but David Spade for me is like equally good and across a bunch of movies that are like this really funny like I, I I was I would say a bigger David Spade fan in the late 90s than I was a Chris Farley fan.
0: He's a fantastic straight man for sure. Just incredible.
2: And I saw him like I he came to the college I was at and he did like a stand-up comedy and I was just like it was I remember it was this was like around maybe 99. I was ne- I don't know if I was ever been, been more excited to see a show. Like I was like, David Spade is going to be here in person. That's the fun. Was it great? Was he? Was he awesome? He was pretty funny, yeah. But I think I, although at the same time, I was like, oh, okay. Like I like David Spade's roles, and I like him as an actor, and he's funny. Um, and I thought he was funny as like a stand-up, but not like you know that wasn't his deal. But he was—it was good. But I, I just remember like how much I liked him, and in this movie, he's perfect. Like you know, the, they they do Black Sheep together, right? Which is what. Two years later, three years later? Yeah, not too long. After and, and it's kind of a, you know, different story, same dynamic. Exact same dynamic. And yeah. and, and for something about it's like just like it's definitely the knockoff, you know. And But David Spade is a total revelation in this for
3: me. Which is funny because Black Sheep is like absolutely forgettable for me I can't think of a I, I watched it, I know I watched it and I cannot think of an actual like scene from that movie that I can remember like I don't know how it was so just, they didn't
0: meld together for you because I was just like made, they, they made like a super movie in my head and by super <laughs> I don't mean good I just mean like a long one and I was like oh wait isn't there a part where he's there like in the woods and he falls down this hill and I'm like oh wait no that was the other movie that had the exact same people in it
3: maybe, maybe that's the thing I, I only saw black sheep once and so I, I think just the fact that it, I'm I've seen Tommy Boy, I mean hundreds of not nah, I wouldn't say hundreds. I'd say at least like 30 40 times. Really? Oh yeah. That's
4: oh, fucking yeah.
2: wild. Yeah. Man. No, no, no. It's it's in, in, in those years, man. We watched it a lot. Yeah.
3: And so it's like one of those things that like I just I I can't think of a black sheep scene. Like right. it's just wild. Well, I
1: don't I, know. There's a very uh if you listen to audiobooks at all, David Spade has a really good audiobook and he kind of goes into the whole making he talks about, you know, Tommy Boy and everything, but he talks about Black Sheep. And it sounds like they were just kind of under the gun. Like the scheduling was all messed up with Saturday Night Live. They really didn't want to do it. Like it was a whole mess. And like, so it was kind of like, there's a lot of shit behind the scenes. I think Farley was starting to kind of go downhill at that point. And then it's like, you can see that in art sometimes when somebody's not getting along or something's not working. Like sometimes you hear it in bands on on albums and things like you can tell they weren't getting along.
3: Oh, Faith No More is one of my favorite bands of all time. And and it's the 30 year anniversary of, of Angel Dust, one of their albums. And I was just watching a little documentary about it. And it's like, They were in the studio recording this album and basically talking shit about their guitarist the entire time. And there's all these interviews of them just basically talking shit about their guitarist and him talking shit back like on his own. Right. (laughs) And one of the funny stories they told us that uh, I think Mike Patton was like, "Uh, yeah, we were going to put out an ad for a new guitarist and then put the number as our own guitarist. (laughs) (laughs) just Jesus. to fuck with them i was like wow that's pretty raw that's kind of mean wow
0: so so one thing that that scott touched on barely there that we haven't really gotten into and that i don't really know and hopefully somebody did some research like what was farley's deal was he a drug guy or was he he was oh, he yeah.
3: enjoyed the big the hard drugs I'm, I'm gonna talk about that a little bit later yeah. heroin oh yeah he he yeah you, you got you got some stuff devices. on it okay good. good, devices, good. Yeah. i want to
0: hear about it but we don't have to talk about it now if you got it if you got a placeholder for it. Well, let,
3: let's move forward here and in, in, in Bev Studio Kingdom, you know, we're going to go through a, a, a few little segments here and our, our first segment is always drinking with the director and, and no, we don't have a director with us, but we have a director of heavy beers here. Ooh, he, he a, knows, director beers. a director of heavy beers. Director of heavy beers. If you're interested in a heavy beer, you got to talk to one of the guys from Hoisting Heavies podcast. Hoisting Heavies. Uh, we just recently did a, a show with them, and it was a blast. that Zach and I uh, got to hang out with Ed and Josh, and we shot the shit. We drank some great beers, and we uh, uh, had a just an awesome time. So tonight we have joining us josh from the hoisting heavies
5: podcast josh how are you doing dude i am so good i can't tell you how hard it was to not chime in i (laughs) everything that you guys are talking about this great coming of age biopic of tommy uh yeah no i'm so stoked to be here thanks for having me in guys i really appreciate it yeah man speaking of which you, you mentioned director. By the way, I need a business card that says director, director. of heavy beers. <laughs> director <laughs> of heavy beers for Hoist and Forget Heavies. farmer. I'm just going to go director <laughs> of heavy beers. I came with some goodies for you guys. Oh, Ooh, shit. He's so holding. Now, yeah. He's holding. So now, as, as again, uh, a co-host of a podcast called Hoist and Heavies, and also the fact that I'm originally from the South, I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia, it's improper to not come and bring gifts, right? So I picked out a special one for you guys. This is one that um, I've been trying to get in this area now for about two years. And finally, I was able to talk to one of our local bottle shop guys to get this beer in. It's taken two years to do it. They've finally got distribution to the West Coast. This is the uh, Sweetwater 420 IPA right from Atlanta, Georgia. I've got, oh, I've yeah. got a four-pack for you. Oh, wow. I've got a four pack for you.
2: Oh, thank you. Wow. Yeah.
5: Sweetwater 420. Extra Fault. Pale Ale.
2: It's ice cold, so it's like. Float. And I got two more meat. four
5: packs yeah. for you guys. Oh, yeah. my gosh. It would not be wow. a, uh, a good collab if we didn't at least bring in some goodies from Atlanta, Georgia. This is their Sweetwater. This is their staple. These guys have been around for probably close to 20 years now 18, 20 years, something like that. When we moved from Georgia, all those uh, college parties. My brother went to University of Georgia. So when I got went down to Athens bulldog. and visited him. He was a bulldog. Gosh, yep. Yeah. They would always be serving the sweet water. And, of course, I was 21 and in high school when I went down there to go taste the undies. Uh It was near and dear to my heart. These You're were one some of, of the first year old high schoolers. One of those 21-year-old like high schoolers. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, so I, um, this has kind of been a staple. And it's Ooh. just when we moved in 2003 out to California... It was like losing a left arm. So now we finally got it back. It's been twenty years in the making. Anyway, enjoy this one, so guys. This at, is their staple.
0: We're looking at a, a green can. We got uh, we got the Sweetwater logo. The, and 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 you can tell by looking at this that like he said this is like a twenty something year old uh, uh, deal because like no no one would make that logo nobody nowadays, would make right? that logo now no, and, oh, I, no. I, and I like Why? I like I the logo but logo. They, they would they would go much edgier and and more wow, like this is killer hot we got pink we got, we got a ra- is that a rainbow, rainbow trout? trout it's yeah. a yeah. rainbow
5: it's right trout there
3: yeah, yeah. and it's uh, got the little highway ro- sign. Highway sign. Established four twenty,
0: reminiscent of uh of the color scheme of Sierra Nevada, a little, little bit, A yeah. little
3: bit, and it says independently brewed since ninety seven. Ninety seven is a great year. This is a, a Nate and I graduated high school ninety seven, so
2: yeah, we were twenty two at that time. I think <laughs> old, old as fuck.
5: <laughs> I, I just want to say cheers four. out, Josh. Thank hey, you so absolutely much, guys. Cheers. guys absolutely, cheers. cheers to you guys. Thanks thank again you, for having me in. And again, their 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 killer motto: don't float the mainstream, man. So it's,
1: it's enjoy that. Now, yeah. So now while we're We're tasting this (sighs) yummy beverage.
5: What are you drinking? I'm so glad you asked (laughs) me. I walked back in here into the Bosco Jenkins Cantina and I was delivered a BVK IPA, which I am a huge fan of. This beer is definitely on one of my, seriously, I'm not just saying this to blow smoke up your skirt. One of my favorite. IPAs is this BBK done by Last Call. Walt, those guys over there. Mosaic, Cashmere, Zaka. This thing is a straight slayer. It's an assassin of beers, dude. It's got the perfect ABV on it. Crushable, as you say. Very, very crushable. This is my typical lawnmower beer. Just right in that ABV that I like to be at. Uh, this is 7.0, so it definitely tips the uh, heavy scale it'll and the hoisters. So yeah, it'll get you. So this six point eight is yours, right? 6.3 oh, is six point three is that's, okay. okay. that's my. Okay. Uh, that's gotcha. my. That's my minimum. That's your minimum on for the head- for heavy, for heavy. For heavy. To,
3: to be considered a heavy. So is it? so what's
5: a Sierra Nevada pale ale?
1: It's about a five, yeah. believe
5: it or not. Like oh, a five shit. five to five three,
2: I think, if
1: I'm not mistaken. So, so so when you guys say heavies, are you talking about alcohol content or like Because 'cause I've always kind of wondered about We're talking
2: about boobs. It's just a oh. it's a it's Absolutely. a I love
1: heavies. a We're talking, <laughs> Yeah.
0: We've discussed numerous times the exactly. best the best what is it, an adjective? The best
5: adjective for <laughs> yeah. boobs is uh, heavy
2: euphemism. Uh, oh adjective, yes. yeah, yeah, mean, yeah,
5: yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm glad you asked. Actually we do our podcast pantless and we just always have our dick in our right hand. <laughs> yeah. So we're constantly just, hoisting heavies. There you um, go. <laughs> but uh, but no, that's a great I'm,
2: question, Scotch. Josh got a dick elbow over here. He's
5: like <laughs> <laughs> So it we we do the heavy term alludes to the ABV typically, but really it's it's a no to the craft beers, right? Because these guys putting out these craft beers, if they're putting out these delicious, you know, IPAs or whatever they're doing, whether they're going for something that's hazy, the West Coast style, typically, in most cases, everything is, you know, six or above, right? So when we started figuring out, you know, what are we going to name this podcast, we just constantly were drinking beers from a lot of the microbreweries that were local. And, you know, kind of over in the Monterey area, San Diego, and, uh, and we just, We've always referred to them as heavies, right? So it just kind of organically came to be hoisting heavies because
2: we were just looking for an excuse to get wasted and talk. Yeah, it's a great format. It's like let's get together and have a podcast where we just basically have an excuse to get hammered on the best beers. Exactly. Do you guys ever get? Does did any? Did, so like, do they give you beer? Does any? Do any of the yes. breweries like, hey, do our beer on your, <clears throat> on your shit and we'll give you some free stuff? That's a really good question.
5: Legally, no. I can't say that. That has do. never that happened. That has never happened once. Oh, sure. That has never happened once. <laughs> no, I, that, that would be illegal and then it would be wrong. But you know, what's funny so is we that wouldn't do that. The, the hoisters do like you guys, our listeners, the ones that are devoted, they get excited when they hear a new heavy that they hadn't heard cracked on the pod. Right. So we've literally had people that listen to the podcast that have traveled out of state. And, and I told this story I don't know if I told it on the pod that you guys were on or not, but we've had people travel out of state, leave their clothing. In their hotel and pack their bags with heavies to bring back for us yeah. to try on the podcast that from out of state. Out. That's pretty cool. So <laughs> yeah,
2: well, you can buy. We've had clothes. lots of donations. <laughs> I got a target <laughs>
5: exactly, dude. And if you're not getting your clothes at Costco, let's get rid. What real. are you even doing? <laughs> exactly. You ain't living that Kirkland life. I don't know what you <laughs> exactly. are doing. But... <laughs> now, when Kirkland senior com- Signature comes out with some jorts, I'm all in. Bro, all <laughs> in. All in. All in.
2: I saw, I saw like a video online and I think it was about like weights or who knows what it was about. But anyway, the guy was on it. It was like a clip selling me something and he was, he was shirtless, a big dude, like real muscular. And he was like advertising whatever he's advertising. It was, and he was wearing significantly shorter than he should have, (laughs) but apparently appropriate jean shorts. Totally unironically. No. And doing so. Oh, maybe he was selling, was he selling the jorts?
0: I, I, yeah, but it has but to be ironically. You think it was no? It really? was dead
2: serious, bro. I, if, it, if it was ironic, I don't. I think that's where we're at. <laughs> was he trying to like start a trend? Is this no, like I'm saying like, I think that that's where we're at. I think that the 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 the, the people of today are like all in on short short jeans. Like that's not weird. That's not ironic. I can't anymore. wait
3: till it comes back to basketball.
2: Oh, buddy, <laughs> it, it's back! No, I am telling you. Like I coached in basketball the high school. For I wore sure. the high like, thigh no, basketball no. shorts. I, it's I, going on. Sure. I coached basketball for a number of years, and as the like for five years, and every year the guys would roll their waistbands, and like. More and more roles as time went on, and I, I legitimately, it took me three or four years to figure out that they weren't just like fucking around; that this wasn't a joke. Well, I, I was like, "Oh, that's funny." But wasn't Man, that I was like your senior, funny. your senior year nope. day? Or your senior year,
3: Not I funny. swear, like your shorts were down, like, like it went below your knees. Oh. If, if, you, if you guys had the if, baggiest shorts, like, like
2: maybe if you ever you could what? see shin. If you, if you could, were what if you pussy, could, if you could see kneecaps, it was like, <laughs> do you even? Do you even? Do Ball? you even? you even a Su- Do you even Pacific Sunwear? <laughs> yeah. Do you even Miller's Outpost, No, Miller's out What do you know about Anchor? blue idiot i'm <laughs> telling you man it's it, it's like a crazy cycle but that's wasn't so that weird, funny that is
3: so weird that those things just go up and down like the, yeah. the, the hem of your shorts is just up and down up and down with different trends and i
2: shorts dude. keep getting shorter and longer the balls just keep staying the same <laughs> like you know what i mean <laughs>
4: that's a
2: great movie quote <laughs>
5: i love it actually i was
2: watching that so i'm actually
5: currently wearing jorts i love them because it's like being able to like go casual work attire because I work in jeans all the time anyway. So I feel most comfortable in Jord's. Anyway, I was watching this, um, this new documentary that came out on Netflix about the, uh, fundamentalist Latter-day Saint. Yeah. 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 Oh, we talked about that on, on, on your pod. That's, That's right. right. My mom watched it. She said it's really cool. Dude, it's a wild documentary. I recommend it to anybody. Actually, I had nightmares after I finished it. I was like very concerned about a lot of things, but nonetheless, there's this one part <laughs> spoiler alert where, uh, Warren Jeffs, you know, the leader of the Fundamentalist Church, who we've all heard about, he was on America's Most Wanted Top Ten list, uh, gets pulled over. They've been looking for this guy forever, right? And he's been funneling, you know, $300,000 a week from Fundamentalist Church money into his— his being on the lamb and him being on the lamb was like literally him traveling with his harem of like his coolest wives. Not like his super young wives because no. they couldn't get in casinos <laughs> his, and his shit. His rider dies. Exactly. Yeah. His rider dies. The ones that are in it to win it. Can't deal with that immature. <laughs> exactly. You know I mean? No, dude. In, you in can, a wife. No. sex. I mean, sex. listen, those are the mothers, okay? You take, the, you take <laughs> the hot ones on the road with you that can get in the casinos. Anyway, they got this picture of him pulled over. And this is like probably after this sweet bender at one of the casinos in Vegas. And he's wearing some of the most radical jorts. Shorts. jorts. Oh. oh, dude. He looks so good. <laughs> Actually, it made me wonder why like the FBI, like even storm that place. Like, literally, <laughs> let's get five of the hardest dudes in Oakdale and we'll just go down there and beat the fuck out of all these little pedos. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like why like this guy is right there behind on the top ten most wanted list behind Osama bin Laden is this nerd. He looks like Bill Gates' little brother, with you know, like with all George. his little nieces there with Jorts on. Come on, dude, we can beat the shit out of this guy. Oh, anyway, man. sorry, I digress.
0: That's a, <laughs> do you hear that, Oakdale? That's a call to action. That is a call to action. It'll be just like Hell or High Water, just a bunch of hicks in freaking tall trucks, <laughs> the guns just like screaming down the highway right yeah, at Warren that's Jeffs.
2: A, that's Proud Boys, if I ever heard. Of
3: <laughs> I, I love when you bring hoisting heavies onto the podcast because we're we're our drinking with the director segment is. is is going a little long,
2: just starting. <laughs> I
3: love it. Because we we we, we've heard what Josh is drinking. Now we got to – I see Scotch has got a bottle in front of him. He's got a, probably a story about it because if Scotch has a bottle in front of him, it's got stories.
0: So real quick before Scott talks, I've been sitting to the left of Scott, and there's a breeze that comes through the cantina and kind of moves this way past me, past Scott, and then to me. Oh, you're getting all the flavor profile? getting a smell of whatever he's about to talk about right now. And I think that if we just, like, kind of poured a little bit on the carpet, we could just, like, burn this whole fucking place down. This shit is <laughs> fucking It, can't be, it so. can't be any worse than... <laughs> it's rubbing I, alcohol.
3: Fans, it. if you did not listen to uh, our last uh, Top Gun podcast, just know that there was a new segment introduced, which was Scotchback drinking whatever whiskey some dude at a party just gave him <laughs> Oh, <laughs> out, of a, out of a... Uh, 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 Mason jar. Mason jar. So it, oh, was, yeah. it that was, was a shine, segment. Bro. It was a yeah. segment. If you have not listened to that, please go back.
1: Yeah. It's, it's in my collection right over there. I can grab it again. Again, no. guys, oh brother. Lord. God! Dude.
5: I'm actually impressed that you were able to hoist that glass of crazy mystery moonshine up, being as oiled up as you were. That's that impressive. Pretty oily. That
3: is true. He's yeah. a, he's always the oiliest dude that's ever going to be. <laughs> when, when we we decided to have him play volleyball, you know, I mean, you got to have him oiled. I, have right. you got the dirt out of your beard?
1: Uh, it's still in. You know, everyone's smiling. It's like glitter. You
5: know, like, <laughs> never could, never comes
0: clean he's like hitting up the whiskey guy he's like there's dirt in your fucking whiskey he's like bro that's your beard
5: dog." just never go to the strip club in the desert dude that dirt will never come out or the glitter they so just bind together
1: i i am i'm drinking it's actually not that uh potent so you're, really? you're just you're there's just smelling sm- something beautiful it's coming which, over yeah. over me and i'm like holy shit this, this is a japanese whiskey that my brother gave to me is uh, it really called mikaki I think it's Kamiki. I think that's right, start, Brad.
0: Starts in, starts in English, you start reading on the left, hard, but hard, you know,
2: Brad's learning. Nah, hard disagree. I think Brad's right.
3: I think Brad is right.
2: Definitely, it's Mikaki. I'm
5: glad Me's first name wasn't Boo. <laughs> yeah. So, that'd, be a, that'd be a different whiskey.
1: Since this is a visual medium, uh, yeah, it has some cross swords, and there's letters Ka, Me and Ki, which I assume is Kamiki, but the Me is above the Ka. So, it could be me cocky. Well, you got to
0: keep your me above your car. Yeah. Especially so <laughs> so anyway, if you're yeah. a solo. You're wearing yeah. the short shorts, you definitely have to. Yeah, no doubt. You zip up those jorts, you don't want to get your
1: fucking me's above your cars. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, is that, a, is that a, 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 an imitation scotch?
1: It's. I mean, the Japanese, but yeah. So, it's. it's I know they can't call it, can't, it scotch. They can't call it scotch because it's not aged on Scottish soil, which to be scotch, it has to be aged for a year and a day on Scottish soil. But so Je- the Japanese make, they fell in love with Scotch whiskey. They make some of the best whiskey on the planet. The single malt whiskeys are so good. And this one I'd never heard of at all. Got it for my birthday. And it's so good. Super smooth. It's got some really just interesting flavors in it. There's a little bit of kind of like a cinnamon taste in it. But not like not like Fireball or anything stupid like that. It's like does it's have really that, good flavor. Does it have
0: that really good, like you There's just no licked a leather belt? No Pete. No no, okay. nope. No dirt. All right. You all right.
1: Would, yeah. You, you'd, you'd like this one, I think. So, all right. Yeah. So it's Kamiki or so you, kaki, kaki, you, you, whatever you. I hear, call. I
0: hear, I hear a lot of, uh, I hear a lot of. Oh, you can't call it champagne unless it's from, or you can't call it whiskey or, you can't or scotch call it or whatever unless it's from Kentucky. Right,
2: exactly. Like, so who's enforcing this shit? Like, is there a in the case of the uh, bourbon? It's the United States Congress and their their. Uh, oh, you minions. are. I forgot. I keep forgetting you're like a Congress expert. <laughs> that's, uh, it's not. that's, uh, that's, that's the, you're thinking of somebody else. In oh my bad.
3: My bad. No, he's an Cut expert that. on art and uh, art art. Critics and stuff
5: like that. <laughs> that I <am. laughs> uh, How many years' age is that, Scotch?
1: It doesn't have anything on it. So what's crazy is the Japanese whiskeys got so popular. So there was a particular one, the Yamazaki 18. I think it was the Sherry Cask. Won the best whiskey, according to the Whiskey Bible, a few years back. It was probably like 10 years ago at this point. And there's the first time a non-Scottish whiskey won their top award as best whiskey in the world. And as soon as that happened, fucking Japanese whiskeys just went crazy. Everybody was buying them up and But it's prices... a futures
0: thing, right? So like you you can't just there there was there was no supply in the beginning. Everything well, was getting bought up, but then they have to make it, but it takes a few years. Right. right? So yeah. so
1: so it got so popular and the prices went high and then but then they started running out, then they couldn't guarantee an age anymore. And so there was there's one called the Hibiki twelve that you can't get anymore. It's called the Hibiki Harmony now because they can't guarantee an age.
0: Because they're like, it's they actually only it six, and we had to sell it because right. yeah. people want Or if you get a it. mason
3: jar from a dude's uh, trunk, it's like, oh, this was aged three weeks. Right. No,
0: he said it was a couple <laughs> years, if I remember right.
1: I honestly don't remember.
0: He, like, pulled the gym sock out of it and put the lid back on and gave it to Scott, <laughs> and then Scott was like, you guys want to try it? He, he squeezed
3: that. for extra flavor. He squeezed that,
5: that gym sock out. That, that makes- was such a good bit on that <laughs> pot, by the way. I mean, just... Just, I mean, you had so much certainty that it was totally, like, straight. Like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be good. <laughs> well, the, like, the, no, there's not going to be, like, roofies or jizz in here. <laughs> of course it's going to be And, and we totally all passed it around. Yeah, we all, we we all we said, if he, if he didn't <laughs> well, die yet, we're all exactly. going to try it. No, you guys were all committed. I <laughs> love that fair, about you guys. You I would trust. drink
0: jizz with all you guys. Just so you know.
5: Well, if that mocked cocky was boo oh, cocky, that's what we'd be oh, doing. Hey, that's, that's, what it you know,
2: that's what we'd be doing. A, a mock, mock <laughs> macaki. A lot of pineapple goes into that scotch. <laughs>
3: Nate Dogg, apart from this delicious sweet water, what do you got? Going down. Um,
2: I, You know, I have Diet Pepsi without grenadine, and uh, it's not as good. I'm just going to be honest. That's terrible. I yeah, was like, confused. is there even any sugar in is there Yeah.
3: <laughs> you're, you're wearing your shirt. You're wearing your shirt representing our podcast, and you're
1: not even drinking grenadine?
2: Yeah, I know. It's pretty pretty disappointing. But well, I, I, I told him say, he had
1: to bring his own because, so, so, you know, it was the last minute.
2: Uh, it was. I, I, yeah, yeah. Scotch uh, hosted <laughs> us here at the cantina last minute. Um, so I'm not a big beer drinker. Like I, I, I came to drinking late in life. I was like 30, 31 before I had a drop of alcohol. Wow. Nice. You must've got good grades. Yeah, I did. It was really boring. (laughs) Um, so anyway, that went (laughs) for He was the best DD ever. Bunch of bad choices there. And, uh, so then I came to it and I kind of went really accelerated through all the early stages, you know, like. Boone's Farm, and you know, then the next day I was on to like Zima. He skipped, skipped Zima, and you know, somehow I just like the beer didn't at that time it didn't grab me, and so, uh, but I occasionally will have it. So this is really good. The the, the four twenty pale extra pale. Ale. Dude, I'm glad I'm you like this. it. Yeah. yeah, so for
0: a five point six, it's pretty flavorful. Yeah, five point six. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's not
5: really necessarily a true heavy, but it's a staple. So. You know, sometimes you just go with what you got. We,
3: so we talked about in the Hoisting Heavies pod that, that the, the idea that beer, back in the day, you were, everybody was drinking Bud Light, Coors Light, Keystone, whatever. And then... It was like, oh, if you're drinking Budweiser or Keystone Ice, it's like, damn, you're hardcore. Damn, that's a redneck virus. <laughs> and now yeah. it's like, if I'm drinking just to kind of chill, I'm I'm drinking a six percent. I'm like, I just got, I gotta take it easy, man. I'm gonna drink yeah, a six percent. Chill out a little bit.
0: <laughs> chill out a little bit and just have that six point
2: five and just fucking. I'm not trying to drink tonight. Yeah, you
3: know, yeah, I'm, you know I'm just, I need to, to, to run it back a little bit here.
2: So, so Josh, so so you you we, we talk, we've been talking about kind of doing some crossover for a while. And uh, obviously, part of it is that we like to drink and talk a little bit about our drinking on on our pod, but it's also because you guys are, you're a movie guy.
5: I love movies. Yeah. I'm a big movie guy. And and i dude, I hate to say this, but nowadays with all these streaming services, it's, Kind of easy to fall into some of these like extended series that you can watch because they're just as good as movies, but they have more opportunity to develop storylines and characters and all that. But, dude, movies are near and dear to my heart. I mean, if I'm home with diarrhea or something, I'm going to watch movies. That's what I'm doing. I'm pulling out all the stops. You know, the other day I just ran through. You got, it, got a. You've the got God a TV on. in your bathroom. Is that what you are saying? <laughs> yeah. I do actually. It's called my iPhone From thirteen, my and diary. I can. Dude, I have. I mean, you could take a. T- two-hour slam and get through the first two thirds of Godfather on on the um, iPhone 13 yeah. no problem no problem <laughs> it's beautiful do you can take it where, with you anywhere you go do you think the new like
0: oh the new movies coming out it's gonna be three and a half hours like all these really long movies you think that is a direct like reaction to these people that have 10 episodes to do these big overarching storylines so and you're saying you're
3: the, they're giving movies more leeway to be longer
0: or directors want to be they can they see what can be done on like premiere uh, television series and and they're like, okay, like we need some more time to Dude, develop this shit.
5: That's a great question. And like I said, I don't said, know the answer to I it. I just ran through Godfather the other day yeah. and literally, okay, so this was something that when it came out was on VHS, right? That was like the latest and greatest. Yeah. Two takes. And Two it tapes. was there was an intermission in the movie, right? When you used so I like you guys, I worked, my first job was at a video rental store called oh, really? Screenplay Video in Lilburn, Georgia. And my job was my older brother worked there. So because I was the young pup, you know, 15 at the time, my job was to put away the, the, the adult movies. Did so you, did all, you do
0: anything? Did you, you did all the work. Right? I did your all the your work. older brother, did I as was, soon as yeah, you started oh, working dude, there, never no, did
5: anything. My again. older brother's macking on all the girls, giving <laughs> yeah, exactly. out free popcorn, you sure. know, maybe, uh, you know, throwing ropes, red ropes, you know, whatever the sure, whole deal. Ropes. I was, I was, I was the, uh, I was the, I was the grunt, right? So my, my dessert was getting to put away all the adult movies, but there was the occasional drop box where you had to rewind them and, and it was like those two video cassettes, like Braveheart, for example. Oh yeah. You know, video. you would have those big bricks that they'd bring back in or Titanic. like Gone with the Wind, Titanic, oh, yeah. all these, you know. So so I got to enjoy, you know, all that. But no, definitely my forte on the adult video service is like, <laughs> I've no, spent no, hours putting those back. You know, <laughs> just hours. Speaking just, of rewinding
3: VH, VHS tapes, I, I saw something on Twitter that just blew my mind. The new Tesla truck. Somebody compared it to like the old school, like you know, you had your individual tape rewinder. Winders. They said it looks like the tape rewinder. Yeah, like like <laughs> popped open. Up, yep. It looks like it's popped open. Uh, and if you look at the Tesla truck now, it definitely Dude, looks like. Be the kind, old rewind, tape man. Tape <laughs> man. <rewinder>. Be
2: kind, <laughs> kind be rewind. So, so what's your like, like, like? You don't have to pick. To give me a favorite movie, but like, what are some of your very top like you love? It's very
5: eclectic, but I will I'm, be I'm, I'm straight eclectic, up honest with you. Okay, my top three favorite movies. I, I just mentioned one of them, Braveheart is one of them. But my all-time favorite movie of all time, Ace Ventura: When Nature Calls, no is my number general. one oh my movie God. of all time. Number <laughs> oh.
2: two, Forrest Gump, and number three, Braveheart. Okay. So, what does that tell you about my movie
1: taste? Wow. I, uh,
2: that I, that it's that, it, that you know you're a deep person. <laughs> lot of so, so not the
1: not the first Ace Ventura. No, no, no. The that's, second a good, one. that's a good. That's so interesting. The second know,
5: one when he gets
3: birthed by the rhino.
4: Oh, yes. <laughs> I will say, if I
1: think, if I
3: think of Jim perfect. Carrey in a comedy scene, uh, one of the things uh, that stands out in my mind is when he takes both the spears and the legs, and he's like, doing the... Uh, 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 and he's pointing uh, at each of them. That kills yeah, me. That it, is one of my favorite comedy yeah. scenes of maybe of all
5: time. It's amazing. And what most people don't realize is that little african tribal guy that he's finding is tommy davis dude yes. it's 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 oh, yeah. like yeah. A, fam, a famous living, comedian of the night in living
3: color for in sure living yeah. color yes. dude. Yeah.
5: and that is oh dude uh, th- that movie i've got th- my favorite scene of all time in that movie is when he just gets to the consulate right and they're walking down the steps and there's this little short monopoly looking dude and he's walking <laughs> down with this really tall broad you know and, and he's, They're walking down the steps, and the the little bald guy who looks like a monopoly guy goes, "Who is this ghastly man?" (laughs) And he goes, "Ace Ventura, pet detective." And you must be the Monopoly guy.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and then he,
5: sir, you must, oh, what was the line? He, he said, sir, how dare you don't enjoy the fruits of nature? You must try it sometime. He goes, all righty then. <laughs> Knocks the dude out, throws him on his shoulders. <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> dude is around with them do not pass out do not collect a hundred dollars you're right
2: that so that was like prime like for what for what jim carrey was in his like most quintessential it was it was never more jim carrey than that Dude, I mean, he's he a was, cartoon he's a with cartoon. other yeah, people totally and right. it doesn't matter how straight of a straight man they are like he's so over the top well, well speaking of
3: tommy boy like we were talking about chris farley like writing a script when you're like oh i have chris farley in mind you can't write a movie with Jim Carrey in mind and just be like, oh, I'm going to have Jim Carrey do all this stuff that I'm doing. No, right. Jim Carrey's going to do yeah. what Jim Carrey wants right. to do, and you just got to let it happen. Here's, a, here's an
1: outline, and there's right. yeah. yeah, some yeah. the plot points, and then go.
5: Dude, it's funny. he So he was my childhood idol, and when he came out with those movies, I mean, back-to-back, Ace Ventura, The Mask, Ace Ventura 2, the same Dumb and Dumber, like, dude, everything. And what most people don't realize is, like, he's a Canadian comedian. He got a lot of his inspiration from his dad, but he did this stand-up, comedy movie. It was kind of like a biopic of his up and coming called rubber face, very obscure. Um, and it not, not great funny, but it is very, it's like a good insight into his life. So when he got into these movies, And he was doing these, you know, a lot of his inspiration came from his dad. And so you got to remember, when he was going through the In Living Color stuff, this dude was banking like $20 million a movie during this like very consolidated point in his career. He could have retired back in 96 and been good. But then he put out Liar Liar. And that was like a game changer, right? And then anything after that, he tried to do some serious stuff like The Majestic and Truman Show, which... I love looking Truman back Show. on it. It's, it's a great show's movie. One of my favorite, exactly. But he typecasted himself early because of all of his amazing badly.
0: Yeah, badly. And he's so. I mean, you look at a guy like Chris Farley and Tommy Boy, right? And you're like, oh my gosh, Chris Farley's such a physical comedian, and he's so over the top and just crazy and full right. of energy. It's like that's nothing compared to fucking Jim Carrey when Jim Carrey's doing his uh, Jim Carrey thing. You know, you guys. Uh, like were, it's not even close.
5: You guys were talking earlier about like, think about Chris Farley's body of work. That guy was hot for four or five years before he passed away at the age of 33. It's a fireball, man. Just, it just, it went out very quick, very quick. He, his body of work on SNL is greater than any movie that he did. And I think a lot of people that look back on like Tommy boy and black sheep and like almost heroes, like you got to realize he was making these movies within five years of each other. He was, he was, I think what what it is, he's our generation's Belushi, right? Mm -hmm. So he's like, he's got this legend status because it's what could he have been? Agreed. So he did, you know, Beverly Hills Ninja. And then in 97, which is only two years after he did Tommy Boy is when he was found on an overdose after doing some crazy heroin with some prostitutes in a place, you know, in the Midwest. So you look back on that body of work that he did. And I think it's so iconic because it's like, what could he have been if he had gone further and then you look at sandler creating the happy madison production movies and what he did you know going into the early aughts and then later on in life he he would have been i mean it, it probably would not have been as big of legend status as he is now but he kind of went out as a burning star man it's just it's it's sad but at the same time he gave us gold and we took to it so
3: i mentioned earlier that that uh on the pod uh, a few episodes back just talking about chris farley just saying like I want to see what he could have done as a dramatic actor. Like we're we're, we're drinking with the director, we like to ask questions. Like I want to see like. In in fact, when I was doing the IMDb IMDb research, there was like uh, uh, somebody was saying like Chris could have been a very interesting dramatic actor. Like he had the chops to do it. Like he he had a presence about him. Uh, he 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 could command the screen, and it would have been interesting to see like what he could have done later in his career. Well- Outside of like the SNL, like I'm going to be the the kind of the dumb fat guy, like in in doing that stuff.
1: Well, I guess he really wanted to play Fatty Arbuckle, who's a a silent film character, and like he he had his heart set on this role. And he was really it was going to be a serious thing. It was going to be his first big serious role. He was that was what he wanted to do. He wanted to show people he wasn't just some idiot that just falls through tables all the time. He wanted to show people, hey, I can do more. I'm more than just the goofball
2: well yeah. and he probably i mean like so sandler right recently has had a number of fairly serious roles over the last 10 years and i've seen that provoke the question fairly you know in a regular clip about farley and I, to be honest like i think some of sandler's serious roles are, are pretty good and some of them are pretty overrated and i like sandler but you may, it makes you wonder right like if sandler can do it right mm-hmm. and he was certainly i think goofier and probably If you could be so like less good of an actor, if you were trying to like tease out the seriousness from these comic comedic roles, you could see like there's something really kind of like charming, uh, even about so like, uh, you know, one of the things that strikes me right in Tommy boy is he's constantly being especially early in the movie self deprecating about himself under his breath. And it's, oh God! Yeah, you know, you're fucking. Oh, I'm an idiot. You know, like stuff like that. And it's it's, it's
5: a hard candy shell. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a very
2: effective, like, change. You know, I mean, it's played for the comedy, but it also is like kind of what makes the character charming. Is like he's not just a one-dimensional idiot who doesn't realize it. He's kind of. It's almost like. I mean, if you want to get really sort of like you know existential about it, it's a little bit of what chris farley is as a right. person right i mean more farley, emotion than adam sandler for sure right chris farley ends up you know he, he sort of described i think a lot of people as like a little bit of a downer, depressed person that has the like clown on the outside and that's like kind of his downfall and there's a little bit of that in the tommy boy character right and like yeah. that's part of what makes you kind of like have affection for him when you watch tommy boy by the way the opening scene of that when,
5: you know, they got the fat kid who they typecasted perfectly. Oh, <laughs> he right. was pretty yeah. good. I <laughs> wrote that down. <laughs> just great. like Farley coming out, you know, <laughs> as he's run- and then he pulls the holy sh- that you know. Holy that. Sh- yeah, exactly. But when you watch it, you're right. They encapsulate the self-deprecating part, but they also tie into this character in Tommy Boy, where he it's not it's not about him. He's he's selfless in the fact that in this movie anyway, rather whether or not he had any influence on the character and the building of the script. Which, by the way, when they started shooting this film in 95, they did not have a good working script. They started shooting that film without it. And then they brought in Siegel to help kind of curtail you know, all the details, like a lot of the big scenes, like the deer in the car scene, that was Siegel, The scene with him in the dinghy out in the lake, that was Siegel, Like all these scenes that they brought him in at the perfect time because they had mishmashed the characters. They had the dynamic between Spade and Farley in this that was gold. They just needed to figure out how to bring it all together. And, uh, but, but, but getting back to like the character development, his selflessness in this movie of like, I understand that I've got the keys to the castle. We could sell out. I could leave and make all these millions and live in this house, this whole deal. I'm willing to give all that up and do whatever it takes to make sure everybody else is taken care of. And I think that was probably a pretty clear representation of Farley from everything I've seen documentary wise and people that knew him filming SNL. He just had this, he had this demon sitting on his shoulder and it was his addiction issues but he had a heart of gold and the way that he talked to people and treated people, people knew that he had this talent that was just absurd. And yet he just couldn't get away from that addiction. And I read that during the filming of Tommy boy, he stayed sober the entire time and cre and in- inadvertently created a caffeine addiction because he was drinking so much coffee <laughs> I heard something like going 20, in between Toronto and the States. Twenty plus uh like cappuccinos
3: per day or some shit like just, that. Or whatever. Right. Just, just, just so he could get amped just, up.
5: Just so he could get amped up <laughs> because he was off the blow and the and the and the black tar and all that oh, other good man. stuff that comes in. But when you watch him in that role, he looks he he does not look unhealthy. He looks fat as fuck. He looks like a thumb, but he just but he also um his eyes look clear and you can tell he's hitting his lines and he's hitting his marks and And,
0: and and you you said it earlier so so when nate posed the question like can he do or i think you said can he can he do serious roles my immediate reaction was like no i'm not gonna believe him in that but then when i think about the movie like you guys are saying like his earnest moments are like some of the best parts of the character and some of the best parts of his performance in that movie um it's interesting. I just well, I can't see it though. Well, but see, a-
3: I think Adam Sandler versus if you go Adam Sandler. I mean, because Sandler and Farley are kind of like the they're they have their careers going at the same path.
0: Sandler does serious, Sandler, good, but well Sandler
3: can you. be angry though. Like Sandler has a more like yeah. mean spirit to him. Versus Farley's spirit is always very, like, kind of wholesome and, like, Mm -hmm. making fun of myself rather than making fun of others. Versus Adam
2: Sandler can be, like, I'm going to just dig on other people for the amusement. Well, well, like, compare this to the one we've done, we did a while back, which was Billy Madison, right? Like, two things notable. One, exactly what you're saying, which is, Billy Madison's harder to sympathize with because he's a dick. Yeah. Like, he's a, dick. a bunch of times. You know, like, in most of the movies, an asshole. I think and we so said like, when
0: we did the pot on it, they were like, yeah. And like yeah. five minutes later, she breaks up with him because he's fucking douche. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And,
4: and <laughs> second, <laughs> right, Veronica Vaughn. Yeah. Veronica Vaughn.
2: Actually, yeah, the most, the, the fun, one of the funniest parts of that whole movie is Chris Farley. But the, the, <laughs> the second thing is like, so, you know, Billy Madison, the dad and his dad's dynamic with, with, with Billy. Is that you know he's perpetually disappointed with his asshole dickhead like you know son. One of the things that's also charming about Tommy Boy is like Brian Dennehy's character is so like supportive of his son and so psyched about him and so like has such a good connection with. him.
3: And he sees the heart in his son. He sees that his son's got a good heart. He's
2: not like oh you're just a fuck up who didn't get good grades and I can't trust you're like he's like ah no you know we, we he connects with him and so like there's a part of you that I think also likes the Tommy boy character, because you see something in him through his dad that you're like, Oh, okay. You know, it like, makes sense. All right.
3: So we, we, we've got it. We, we can't talk about Tommy boy without getting into some quotes. Cause there are just some very, 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 very quotable lines from this movie. And I will say the one that sticks with me the most. And I just, I don't know why I just love his little precious voice when he does it. But when he says, Tommy want wingies, I'm just like, that is just one of my favorite line reads ever. And I know it's just him just being, being Chris Farley, but Tommy want wingies. If is, your dad listened so
0: cool. right now, he'd be so upset about that. He's like, oh, of course you like the baby talk part. Of course you love the fucking baby talk part, Brad. As,
1: as, a, uh, as a larger gentleman, um, I definitely have done the...
4: You know, get <laughs> you know, myself
1: quad chin. Yeah, throw when he, that line he, he out, sucks yes. it all up
2: there. It's great. Uh, <laughs> so good for me. It's I mean the two that are just iconically repeated, and I still use them regularly. Fat guy in a little coat. Right, anytime <laughs> I put on it, and it's not. Uncommon That's great for, for me the to kids on too, because you can
3: take your kids' clothes and start
4: doing but it. I, and like,
2: unfortunately, I don't need to go to my kids' clothes. <laughs> I just get something that I used to fit me a couple years. Ago. <laughs> Um Nate, I got your jacket. That guy, any of my friends' <laughs> coats, that'll work. Um and then uh the other that I definitely use multiple times a year is basically any time I knock on a door <laughs> I'm skipping. Yeah. I want him to jack you off.
4: <laughs> that's but a big I one. I think
3: that's a guarantee. Like, pretty much anybody that's knocking on a hotel door yeah. has to say that. If you're if you're a guy our age, that's pretty much a, yeah. a guarantee that you, that's going to be happening. Yeah, that's yeah. all. That's, I, that's,
1: I, I think you. I've used um, not so much here, not so much here, but right here right. <laughs> numerous sad. times in my life. The
0: best, the best quote and the one that I use quite often is... <laughs> what? Did I hear a niner in there?
4: <laughs> oh. <laughs> there, a niner there? I don't even say
0: the walkie-talkie part. It's just like people are trying to do a lot of I do a
5: lot of uh, people telling me numbers at work and I'm like, what did you say? Is there a niner? Dude, the, the, there's, well, there's a lot of memorable quotes that still to this day. For example, when we're at the brewery and I see someone like Brad or Zach or any of you guys walk in, it's to, brothers don't shake
4: hands. <laughs> brothers <laughs> brother's got had a hug.
5: <laughs> and there's always hugs. Uh, and, hugs all around. And yeah. you're right, dude. And that that Dennehy, that Dennehy quote at the wedding when he's selling, you know, auto parts. <laughs> I could get a hell of or what does he say? Butchers, I could get a hell yeah. of a look at a T-bone steak by sticking my head up a. Butchers bull's out. ass, but I'd rather take a butcher's word for it. That is so hard not to butcher <laughs> by the way, which if you know anything about our show, we butcher everything and it's hilarious that it's a butcher quote. So, and it's it. deep. I, I, you I, have I, to actually have to think about that one. You have to like,
4: oh, oh that yeah, makes that is, sense. there's
1: some insight. The there. thing is, Tommy does butcher it because he tries to oh, yeah. use it he the first He's time. He he does. Does. Messes it up multiple yeah. times. I could stick my head up a butcher's <laughs> ass <laughs> and get at But T-bone. It's got to be your bowl.
2: It's got to be your bowl. I don't know anything about that. I've never messed up a quote on bu- Show No, no.
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Godfather. Well, oh, really?
5: Tommy, what well, n- what number did you call? <laughs> yeah. Two, four, niner, five, six, seven. What so were good. you on? Like a radio? And did I hear a niner in there? So a good. walkie-talkie. <laughs>
0: when he says, uh, when he's talking into the fan and he says, Luke, I am your father, which is not the quote not from the actual, Star Wars, but I think quote. that like pushed the, the Mandela effect yes, yes the Mandela effect of that quote from Star Wars and everybody says when you're like what's the quote from Star Wars oh, Luke right. I am your father right. I think that's Chris Farley that fucking put that on everybody.
3: I think that's true I think that's that definitely has played into uh, at least 90s kids
5: 100%,
4: 100%. <laughs>
3: I mean towards the end of the movie when he's just RT I lost my virginity to your daughter for crying out loud <laughs> Rob, you were there.
4: <laughs>
1: I mean,
3: just imagine being Rob, how uncomfortable that had to be like just to be there, just like, oh fuck.
1: I seriously think uh, that, yeah. that's what's got uh, I think that's like my favorite part of the movie. I don't know why. I think that just that line kills me every fucking time.
3: Rob, you were there. You were there. You were there. I mean, yeah, because it, it it opens up a lot of questions. Like, right. what does that mean? Like, was he hanging out with them that night or was he in the room when the shit went down? Like right. what, what is the actual situation? (laughs) We got to know
5: there's there's needs to be some more details. There's another one where he's getting introduced, which, by the way, can we just I don't know if you guys paid this close of attention, but like the day that he graduates from Marquette after getting a D plus. And gets off the plane when they're asked when Richard, you know, goes and visits him, pick him up from there. That dude had like the longest day ever. Like that day started with him graduating, him taking a plane ride back to Sandusky, Ohio. He gets off the plane, he meets Richard, they go through their little diatribe. Next thing you know, Richard's taking him to Callahan Auto Parts. He sees his dad. He's getting a look at the new brake break pad division then he's getting introduced to his new office then he goes home meets his new smoking hot sports illustrated mom then he goes and meets his brother who turns out to be rob Lowe. He's and then they go out cow tipping <laughs> all in one fucking day like if i was a little bit productive anything like that like for a fat guy in a little coat that's production dude that's why he's had 27 coffees exactly <laughs> 27 coffees but it's that one line where you know he sees Thomas Callahan the third on his door and his dad opens the office door for him and he walks in and he's like no way my own office look at that fridge you could put six packs of, <laughs> a bit of soda in here <laughs> and and he did that keeps, line.
3: but he keeps talking about
0: it I and the dad's, it. Dad's like, what, the dad's like that, "Yeah, anything, anything
4: you want and
3: that's the funny thing about growing up is that when you, when you get to that point where you're actually like drinking you go to college and it's just assume that maybe you're drinking but you don't know how to bring it up with the parents and you're just like it's kind of a here, or there, you're not sure. And then like the first time that one, one of your parents offers you uh, like a drink and you're like, oh shit. I'm old. Yeah. Like they, they
2: accept it now. No, like no, no. I can do this. None of do you, Josh, do you have How old are your, your kids? They're uh, five and okay. two. So none of you are there. I have kids that are like in that age just getting oh, to that age God. range. Oh my and God. And let me just tell you, it's a full exercise in plausible deniability, <laughs> right? Like it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's just, it's just all strategic. I'm not condoning this and I cannot be endorsed it. And I don't know anything about it because like at some point, right? Like, especially when 18 hits, you're just like, What am I going to do? You know, like what, what's my recourse here? But like at the same time, you're, I don't want to be like, Oh, okay. You're 18 now. And you're probably going to drink. Great. Here's what you need to order at the mm. bar. You know, here's, mm. here's my trick, you know, like you can't do it. So it's, you know, Cause you know she doesn't I'm, like grenadine and diet. <laughs> <laughs> this, let me tell you what's story. you get a Roy Rogers. Okay. That's the end of the,
4: thing. <laughs>
3: Rogers, those bartenders good. will give you extra cherries. I promise. <laughs> Just, Just, tip him
5: dollar, Just tip them a dollar. you get the extra cherries. <laughs> tell them <him Mayor> <laughs> Dude, It's so funny what you're saying about the grenadine diet. So I saw this like uh, thing on the socials lately. Of this healthy Coca-Cola substitute that this sure. chick was pushing on TikTok, right? So, naturally, I have some LaCroix or LaCroix, whatever kind of pretension you want to put on LaCroix. La, La I got flavored water exactly <laughs> flavored water it's flavored sparkling water t-
0: have you ever drank dish water like after you wash something in it really That's yes it <laughs>
5: yeah, <like>. yeah <laughs> just <laughs> with a little carbonation yeah. you know because that yeah you can add an extra 50 cents That a can makes it taste sparkling. <laughs> <laughs> but this gal was pushing like healthy coca-cola you take guava la liqueur, liqueur, and then you add balsamic vinegar to it no, right that sounds terrible it sounds That's fucking great. dog shit right so i you <laughs> Actually, tried it i tried it of course I mean, I've had lots of whiskey, and I have not wanted to puke as bad as I did when I tried coconut laqua and balsamic. I thought, I thought, I thought I was gonna fucking die. I thought it was terrible.
0: <laughs> I think that's actually what Scott brought us the other day when he had the uh, bootleg, <laughs> the bootleg whiskey from his
1: guy. We yeah, had hints of La Croix. We said, we, we said, <laughs> La
4: Croix. We said Smoky
3: Yeager, and if Smoky Yeager sounds delicious to you, this guy's making great whiskey. If it, does, if it doesn't sound like it's good to you, then you know, just stay away.
1: <laughs> and, and if you're listening, dear, dear, dear man who gave me that fine gift, I'm, we're sorry. Hey, we all <laughs> drank it, and I'm not sorry was, at all. I thought it was good. The thumbs up. The thumbs up is that none of us
3: went yeah. blind or yeah. died. So you know what? That's. I think that's a win. I for feel all pretty
2: of us. good about it. actually. Yeah, no. Oh, no, it I know really I think good. we all drank it, being like, "This is a terrible idea," and like, "We're gonna hate this." And we were all like, "Okay, we kind of like it. It's weird that we like it, but we like it." To be fair, I've made sure all of you guys drank it before
0: I drank it because I was like, "I'm not gonna be the only one." fucking dies right now. I think
5: Josh is going to have to try that before he leaves. I will definitely try it and I'll give you some notes and I will say in the limited (laughs) amount of time that I've I've gotten to interact with Zach, it does not surprise me one bit that he was calculated enough to let everybody else try it to make sure they didn't go blind (laughs) before he took a sip. I literally was like, oh, oh, you're going to try it too? (laughs) That's what you're doing right now. (laughs)
3: Yeah, my my arm went across the table. I'm like, just put it in my hand. Let's do this. (laughs) Brad reached right for it. I was like, oh
4: my God. Wait, is that
5: that bukkake that we were talking about? What is that. Mm. okay let's give it a shot
4: I, I,
3: I will say a non tommy boy line was was Zelensky when he says Send over a bottle of bubbly with a bucket of ice and a card have it say tough break get drunk on me use the bucket of ice down your marbles yours z <laughs> i'm just like that's such a, <laughs> uh, such a that's great line, line <laughs> <He's> just, uh, <laughs> and then he immediately makes a play for for tommy's uh ex uh oh, stepmom I, which is just you mm. want to know what's wild
0: is that how old is tommy like or the the, the dad he's like Maybe 60, sixty something. I right? did not do Maybe that. Really. I
3: should have researched the numbers of how old they
5: actually were with the film. He he she was thirty eight. And he was. She, she looks. Wait. Wow. She was. She was thirty-eight years oh, I old. I thought you were going to say forty-eight. I, don't I, I thought, thought you were going to
3: say forty-eight.
0: Movie. Are you, and you and sure? I, 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 I mean, without being to, misogynistic, no, no. I'm just like I'm that, positive.
5: Look it up, you uh, you because I looked that it up. Math uh,
0: no, I looked it I, up. She was born in 1954,
2: and it was filmed in wow. 1995 or whatever. Yeah, 95. Shit, you're right. Here's the thing that's wild. Is this true? No, 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 no. Oh, you said she's how old? Thirty-eight. Thirty-eight when they filmed the
3: movie. Wow. Holy shit. So she has. She's supposed to be playing like. Like this older milf and exactly i guess 38 is kind of an older milf i no, don't know no, i mean maybe no, i mean i don't know i ain't. mean
2: when she walks out of the pool and like her hair's slick so you can't really tell what the deal is agreed i was like oh yeah like whoa that's bo Derek. and then the next scene she has like a like a short haircut that looks like she styled it by sticking her a fork in a in a white socket yes. i was like <laughs> but wait, but did you hear the story so glad behind you that? Mentioned that? What
5: happened?
3: Do you have, do you have the story behind I, it? I don't. No. Okay, so the story behind it is that her actual husband was a jealous motherfucker and made her cut her hair the day before she showed up on set. Shut up. Stop. She had long hair. They were expecting the long hair uh, 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 from 10. The Corn Road like yeah oh yeah straight Jersey. walking yeah, out of the ocean yeah, yeah. and they he made her cut her hair before she went on set because he was a fucking jealous Dude, motherfucker so I think, like, fuck I think good. we just discovered something else i think
0: we just discovered something else is that they probably purposely shot that uh that scene with her hair slicked back like yes. that so that they could kind of hide the hair for a couple scenes i think that's the truth god, god we really sound good. so terrible but i'm i stick by it
5: i'm glad god you mentioned it. because she's blonde and it's long it's it's shoulder length in that and then she walks out and she looks like tinkerbell's like wrecked little sister with that little pixie with, <laughs> Maybe they and then that. they and then they did like the <laughs> most the most like wor- the worst thing they could do like okay and i guarantee you, after hearing this story about the husband and his jealousy issues they're like all right if we're gonna turn everybody off to bow derrick we're gonna not only give her a pixie cut but we're gonna dye it red yeah let's like turn everybody off except for tommy
2: I, I dug it. I'm, I'm going to say. Yeah, I, I did not have the same like over. I, I wasn't mine was like, a mainly a wrong. hair reaction. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I had like a. So what's. A, but, I, but I will admit that she looks significantly older than not. 38. Not unattractive, but she looks a lot older than 38. And like, you know, our wives are 38, 38. and beautiful and hot and like definitely look hot and young. Are we? Oh God, now we sound really <laughs> terrible. Like my wife. Our, our wives are hotter than Bo Derek. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. I think that's I, true. Uh, I'm gonna say
0: yeah. Hawk. Yeah. Can, Go can on, I, yes. Can I can
3: I can I agree? Can I agree, boys? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Is that you. okay? Thanks, yeah. Thank you. Yes, you. I'm agreeing.
5: <laughs> Full agreement. Thumbs up all around. <laughs>
3: Alright folks, you know what time it is It's time for a little bit Called Shag Snag Body Bag
1: Is it a one night stand Or do you hit it with a shovel Or take it home to mom and dad It's like fuck, marry or kill It's Shag Snag Body Bag
0: We're going away I loved when you made up the new the top gun version.
3: The top uh, gun, yeah. Uh, we we didn't stick with that. We we changed back the old version. Or do you hit him hit him with the fuselage or something <laughs> like that? <laughs> so what you, do
0: you eject him into the canopy? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that, that was good. It was good. Oh,
3: all right. We're on Shag Snag Body Bag, and it's pretty self-explanatory. So I'm gonna go ahead and send it over to Nate. I want to hear what you're shagging. What are you taking home and just ravishing because you are so
2: into this? So uh I'm gonna shag David Spade um mm. so so i i thought hard about snagging him uh but but i i david spade for me is like if you actually look at his career he he doesn't act have that many moves i mean it's really this and joe dirt right if you're if you're gonna really like it's super quality stuff and then there's other stuff a lot of stuff on saturday night live he's definitely that's his that's his you know best stuff
1: he's got a lot of tv stuff a lot too. of tv
2: yeah and he's got a lot of yeah, a lot of good tv stuff but like so I really, really like him. And like I was saying earlier, I'm a big fan. Um, and I think maybe this is peak Spade. Like the, For me, this is the best he was. That's a good one. I, a good one.
3: I, I, I would say I'm not a big fan of Spade. So I, I don't know if really? I can go that deep on him. But you're yeah, right. That's fine.
1: What do you got against the Spade, man?
3: I think he's good as a role player, like, but he's just not. Yeah,
2: but he's a great role player. He's like a. Uh, you need he's...
1: a good straight man. He's a buffer, yes. dude.
2: He's a straight man. And he's better than a typical straight man because his like loveless sarcasm level is like through the roof. So he's like a straight man who's also just like super like dry funny. I, I wonder- will say
3: that I legit thought his hair was like like he was like a balding dude. I didn't realize that that's that that's a joke. He <laughs> really does not have a toupee like people were making fun of him for having it like, oh, your hair looks like you have a toupee. And but that's not he does not really have a toupee.
1: We were talking about some of those lines earlier, and and he's got some of the best lines in this in this movie too. Oh like, yes, yeah. you know, yeah. A lot of people go to school for seven years. They're called doctors. Well, the, the gas station
3: dude that just like sets him straight though is pretty hilarious too. Where he's like the <laughs> so dude. Tr- he's trying to be sarcastic with him. He's like, yeah, you got the wrong map, motherfucker. He's <laughs> <laughs> so
4: great.
0: He's like, and you're super smart, so I'm
5: sure, that- <laughs> dude. The line when when well when he gets off the plane. And they're driving the callahan auto parts, and he he breaks open the uh bag of m and ms and they scatter all over the dash, and he's talking and he he starts muddling his words and and David spake are you are you talking <laughs> <laughs> your your head's a thick candy." Yeah. Are you talking? Mm-hmm. Are God, you t- shut up, Richard! <laughs>
1: so God,
3: cool. I, I, can't, I, can't, I just would lose my mind if a bunch of like chocolate candy pieces fell down oh, into my. I would. I couldn't handle oh, it. Oh my! The Lord. sound
1: effects oh. on that were so good.
3: They're all clanking down, Just clank, 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 so clank. It sounded good. like
2: a slot machine going off. Like it was. oh uh, I have <laughs> issues anyway with like. I need. I have to retrieve items that fall in small spaces immediately. <laughs> or it gives me like serious anxiety. So, like, we'll I be driving you. driving down the road, and like, my key will fall out of my pocket into the like between the seat, and I'll straight crash the car before I get, if I get, <laughs> before I get that thing in there.
3: My, my wife lost her uh, uh, her wedding ring at a drain in Costco. Oh, over oh. by Full the the mode. the uh, like the the all the, the vegetables that. and stuff. And it, I had to like actually hire like Costco's like. Hey, figure it out. Dude, and I was got- like, oh, shit. So I got a, I hired a plumber to come in there and like actually like go down into the drain and and oh.
2: retrieve her. You, wa- did you have to pay for his Costco membership or no? I, I had to. Or they just let him in? They let him in the door,
3: surprised. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't have a membership card, but I had to pay that dude 100 bucks. It's and- a good thing to have an all-you-can-eat
2: buffet
5: and
3: <laughs> kill, like, 30 minutes before you get there. <laughs> Nothing I, like some wontons. What, what the hell was she doing? So it was one of those things where she was in the cold area and, her you know, y- your hand gets a little bit cold and it starts to shrink up a little bit. And no, that is not true. (laughs) (laughs)
0: she told you that that doesn't happen to anybody
3: i mean my wife might have lost her wedding ring twice and then you know that that maybe she's trying to give me a message you know what that tells me she's probably lost it
0: like eight times and these are just the times that she told you about.
3: (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's true but yeah uh so that was that was an incident and it it was not fun
2: anyway i'd tear my whole car apart getting those mms out oh (laughs) get your shit together miss franca what the <laughs> yeah, fuck sure.
5: is happening? pontiac Four, gtx sure. too, you can't let those m ms go down <laughs> no. down the dash
2: melt in your mouth kills or, the resale melt in your mouth or in your uh, heater right <laughs> hey not in your hand
3: my shag is is the uh bands at weddings like i never really thought about this i saw this and i've never been to very many i, I can't really think of any wedding that i've been to where they actually had a, a live band
0: oh I have for sure.
3: I know my oh, brother's band, has, uh, Flying Blind, has played numerous weddings, but I have never been in an actual wedding where there was a, a live band. And it just, it's and Tommy so Boy, dope. it looks like they have a lot of fun. They've got a great band and they get up there and they do the little number together. And that's awesome right before he dies. And then, I just think a live band and wedding singer, of course, that I'm Sandler. It's, it's amazing.
0: It can't just be any band either because you have to be able to play a bunch of dance music because right. people want to dance exactly. at the wedding. Exactly. And, uh, like Flying Blind is great, actually. They have so many like great dance songs.
1: Thanks, buddy. I'm, I'm in his brother's band too. <laughs> <laughs> that, was,
2: that was absolutely terrible. I'm talking like
3: Scotch is not here, which is just, that was very wrong. Scotch back. I am so apologetic. Hey, have you ever, right
2: hey, have you ever heard of Flying Blind? Heard really fucking Brian.
3: They're hey, Scott, have you ever played a wedding uh, before? I've played one or two.
2: I <laughs> was looking at Scott while I was saying, all. "My I, brother's, my brother's band's
0: Scott. I don't than know Scott's. how
3: my train of thought just put me into talking <laughs> like Scotch, was that. That was terrible. Are you guys uh, anything like Hollow Point? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> pull pull back a reference. Like that? that
3: is, yeah. <laughs> oh
4: my
1: gosh.
3: So I, I will say though, they just it seemed like a great time. I, we had a DJ at ours, and the only thing we went to the DJ very and serious, and said, "Here's the songs you will not play." There was a couple that we just did. You you put shout on the list because it's no, the best one. We did not ever. want anybody to get drop kicked in the face, so <laughs> we left that out. That's yeah. a, that's that's an old BVK reference for yeah. you. If you. If you know about uh somebody getting drop kicked in the face by uh, the, the the song shout. <laughs> That's a good. It'll
1: nice happen, dude. I mean, it's, nice it's a
0: fucking grab. war zone out there.
1: But we've we've had that in, in your brother's band. Um, we have that a few times where they,
3: we've we've had that. Are you using weird pronouns? Scotch, right they, now? Scotch is about to they, kick me they, out of his probably, out of the canteen and I, I
1: apologize. Uh, they them know, has had that. We've definitely had requests. Don't play like, and mostly it's the chicken dance. Don't no. play the chicken Ooh. dance. Have you guys <laughs> done that before? I've <laughs> never played the chicken dance. That,
4: <laughs> that would
1: God. be wild.
3: Don't demean yourself done. to that level. It's I not mean, a you bar guys mitzvah. do macarina, but not the chicken dance.
1: Yeah, Macarena for sure. Chicken dance, no. <laughs> yeah, It's not a bar mitzvah. It's a wedding. Come so on.
3: I'll take my
0: shag to talk about the wedding that I went to this weekend. And they had one of the coolest things that I've seen, which was a DJ, but also a four-member live music thing that played like accompaniment to the DJ. So it was like a... They had, like, a four-hour-long mix of, like, awesome, like, cuts of the, you know, cool hip-hop songs, like, going into each other and, like, some cool, like, uh, mash-ups of songs, and it it was, like, a four-hour-long playlist, but they also had a trombone player, a trumpet player, uh, and two percussionists, and, like... They would just like be out in the crowd with remote microphones and all of a sudden you'd be like listening to freaking uptown funk or whatever and then they would come there would be a lady next to you with a trombone just like
2: bop, 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 bop. that's just kind a of dude.
0: legit. It yeah. was so sick, man. It was really, really that fun. Very cool. They were passing out cowbells to the crowd and there were just people going wild on cowbells. It was fucking okay. it was a fun time. For sure. So, I, so
2: I've been to two, since we're talking about i we're going. That's let's do it. Shit. Bring it. I've been to two weddings that had live bands, and they were both amazing for totally different reasons. So one, it was a pretty high-end wedding, like great view up, I think it was in Orlando. And so it had like a full brass kind of like setup and kind of a cool band. But then they took a break, and the bride, who's a friend of my wife's and who was like very like lively and cool, grabbed the mic and sang, "For non non-blondes, what's going on? Just broke it down. Like, I think.
0: Like, a cappella? And sang it well? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: And I think, I think, like, maybe it was accompanied by one or two of the pieces and her husband who was, like, banging, like, a tambourine behind (laughs) her. And uh, More and, 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 and I might, yeah. And it was, it was like, I was like, whoa, like this is yeah, and full wedding dress and just like killed it. Yeah, so that was one yeah, yeah, cool one. Cool. The other one was my cousin's wedding, who he was friends with a whole bunch of different musicians. And so they had like a dedicated band that was kind of like a hob, you know, hodgepodge of like a group of them, but there were like eight other musicians in the crowd. So they just like went up and jammed. It was like a wedding jam session and they just like broke out of my dude. It was one of the coolest, the coolest. Awesome. It was really fun, dude. It was, it was a really neat. So yeah, I'm all for live bands that Weapons. band became Dave Matthews' band.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so that's a true story.
3: Not at the reception, but it was the, the post-reception. Uh, our friends got married in Monterey, and it was, it was at the post-reception. We went to the Crown and Anchor in Monterey, and oh, yeah. uh, we they they were doing karaoke stuff, and I dropped 99 Problems from Jay-Z for the Bride and Groom. Acapella? No, I was it was, it was I mean it was oh, karaoke. karaoke Oh you
0: had karaoke, karaoke. Okay, okay, so I, I
3: got out there and, and and I think that's an appropriate song for uh, someone who just got married. <laughs> you should You should. Ninety nine problems on a bitch way. ain't one.
0: That's actually a pretty good karaoke song. I at uh Crowned Anchor once did uh Paranoid Android by Radiohead, mm, which is not a crowd pleasing <laughs> uh, no, karaoke no, crap, song, <laughs> but I was just like and like doing some wild falsetto, like during weird parts, it was fucking, it was sick, dude. Dude, at my own underappreciated at the time
3: wedding rehearsal we did at Tory in uh, Modesto, and you know there's some good karaoke there. Oh yes, and uh, I did a uh, double went down to Georgia, and my brother air fiddled the entire time, and I think did he a front flip one time off the stage and like, uh, landed on his back uh, while he was air fiddling, and it was it was pretty sweet. Scott, do you know Brad's brother? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Scott, just he got a band. My, my, yeah, my in brother is in a band called band. Blind Blind. <laughs> I think
1: I've heard of that.
3: Okay, just making
5: sure. Uh, God damn it,
3: that's the uh, worst.
4: <laughs>
5: come come uh, to think of it, I do have a shag in this movie. I mean, I've got a lot of shags, but and it hasn't been stated. And this is a very pivotal part in this movie that we haven't really talked about at all. And that's Laura Bagley in the bikini at the hotel. You know, when Tommy boy goes out there, Tommy scram, don't do this weight room thing. Hey, what's going on? Uh, <laughs> That's
2: such a great the weight room. is?
5: No, I'm sorry. That's <laughs> le- cool. I'll find it. No big deal. Yeah, don't worry. Daddy's not watching. Nobody's watching. Go ahead. Take it off. Dude. Take it off. And she gets <laughs> nude. In it's that. And naughty it's naughty time. Frontal, <laughs> it's naughty time. And she goes full frontal nude in that. And I had to pause it. And now, the beautiful <laughs> thing. I had to pause Side boob. Side <laughs> boob. I watched this movie again just yesterday on my iPad. And you can pause it and you can zoom in. You can see nips for sure. Wait, no, dude. It's not just side boob? It is no dude when she
0: when you, I think gets, we have different definitions of full frontal okay, and, and also yeah.
5: no well she probably <laughs> had on like the skin-tight pants or whatever you know but skin-timate. but she definitely had tits out and if you zoom in <laughs> now with 4k and 1080p it, he's pinching this is true he's wildly yeah, pinching dude, when the definition go.
3: back then was well, they <laughs> could get away with stuff pixelated it's a little bit more fuzzy exactly HD you see a whole new level yeah, of certain things you can
5: tell when people don't shave now but back then it was like <laughs> well that might be a nipple or that might be a pasty oh no there nips and you zoom in on that and i did for research for this podcast side for the side view and it's quick no well the side view is one thing it's a full it's a side view but when she oh, gets when, fully nude And she's and he, getting and the, ready to dive in Yes, and she's getting ready to dive in but from it's the far hotel away, room, You're looking far away, from that's why top. you gotta zoom in Got you. And then you go in for the kill <laughs> And you look out And Laura Bagley's kill about time. ready to She's about ready to break her neck because She's jumping in, doing a dive in the three foot side of the pool <laughs> And you look in on that And you're like, that, that is for real Laura Bagley, my shag So Tom I saw boy. some
1: interesting that I'd never heard this before Apparently he was dating her Chris Farley Dating her and it caused some tension between him and David. No way. And they actually kinda there was some weirdness on the set at this at this point because of it. Because Well Spade
3: introduced Farley to her. Yeah. Is what I read. And that so he introduced Farley to her and then Farley, of course, being himself, gets her into him and Spade, of course, had a little he was pining
5: for her and it didn't work out. And so that caused some tension between him and Spade. Unfortunately for, for Farley, Spade had like Thirty more years of puss and he didn't. But the interesting thing is, is that, uh, even though Farley goes in, you know, all brazen and whatnot, and he's got an attitude that's hard to reckon with, um, when you go back and you, so similar to that story with him and that girl at the time, I had read a story that there was a big fallout with that, that created like a day or two disturbance in the filming of this mm-hmm. because of Rob Lowe being non-credited in this film, the fact that they, they got Rob Lowe to play this role. Rob Lowe originally wanted to play David Spade's role, but they didn't credit him. They gave him the the brother, quote unquote, brother role. And the fact that David Spade... Was hanging out with Rob Lowe and talking behind the scenes about how he was going out and hanging out with Rob Lowe and stuff really pissed off Chris Rock or Chris Farley. Excuse me, not Chris Rock. Hold every movie, and uh, <laughs> and he stomped on Spade's hand, and they had a full on like physical alter- altercation because of the... Lowe stomped on his hand or Farley. Stomped on his hand? Farley stomped on his hand because really? they were pissed off. Yeah, they they acted like brothers on and off the set, so. Yeah, a lot of behind-the-scenes I mean, why do I feel like Farley
3: would just wreck David Spade? I mean, oh, yeah. dude. I mean, eat, less than, maybe David he's a
5: jiu-jitsu yeah. legend or something. I don't know,
3: but but I feel like Farley would just wreck you, David you know what, Spade you know what's pretty cool.
1: What's cool about this is, like, because these are stories I'd never heard before, and you, you'd think that they're the best buddies and they're, you know, they're doing these amazing movies together. Yeah, brothers. So, like I said, I listened to that audio book from David Spade. He didn't mention one bad thing about Chris Farley the whole time. He could have dished. He could have said some things. But that was and everybody I've heard talk about Chris Farley, they loved the guy. Loved him.
3: We gotta think that's that's that is this like it's almost like a black hole. When you go out with him, you know everything's gonna be sucking into right to Chris Farley, whether all the good and the bad, the drugs, the the drinking, the the girls, the partying, like just everything's just gonna like just gravitate towards him. And so if you're around that aura, it's gonna be just a lot of fun because you know mm-hmm. everything coming into that little circle is gonna be wild and fun and chaotic and crazy that's and story. Yeah.
0: Kind of like somebody we know. Oh, yeah.
4: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, which, by
5: the way, is that on the bottom? Oh, look at that. Right on the bottom <laughs> yeah, of the BBK can. can. Look at that. Oh,
4: my
1: God. Oh, oh I, we,
3: we might have talked on the uh, the and Heavies pod a little bit about what was on the bottom of that can. I heard that. I appreciated so.
1: the shout out. Oh, that was gorgeous. Great. I
3: mean, did you appreciate us talking about how you uh, you, you cried for two days?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I
5: jerk off with my tears oh, too, yeah. dude. It's cool.
4: <laughs> no big <deal>. uh, uh. <laughs>
3: okay, Let's let's do some snagging. I'm going to start off just cuz this is the the one that I'm I'm maybe a lot of people are going to snag. It's just Chris Farley. Like you want to see where his career was going to go. You want to know what was in store for this guy in the future and it's just one of those rough things where it's like, you know what? ended way too soon SNL I mean if you go back to the uh, the Chippendale sketch which is just one of the the funniest things I think I've ever seen in my life like that's if you want to just pinpoint one of the my favorite comedy routines ever is just Chris Farley just going all out uh, next to Patrick Swayze as they're dancing <laughs> and just trying to win that competition, sweaty and Kevin Nealon just deadpanning of why Chris Farley doesn't win. <laughs> it's just it's just it's it's comedy magic and and Chris Farley being able to put himself out like that and you know the sad thing is that as much as we laugh at some of the things he does, knowing that he was hurting inside the entire time and just was like basically like a wreck, it sucks. It yeah. really does. It's like that that whole is it's funny to laugh at him, but you know that part of that is what was hurting him and and it just sucks because that's that's how he got his love. That's how he got the people around him and uh, it
5: it ended his life, essentially. Isn't that like the irony of comedy, though? Like most of... Most of the comics that you hear talk, whether you listen to Rogan or beep beep beep
4: beep. beep, beep <laughs> uh, most of the comics that you
5: hear describe like their personal experience, they're all shrouded in trying to find out ways to get out of like their depths of yeah. of depression. Whether it's you or, know or, or te- if
2: or if not that, at least like some pretty deep insecurity, right? Definitely. Like, where They feel really uncomfortable in definitely. their skin, you know.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you think about all these guys whose career ended in either, you know, a a premature demise or or a suicide, it's like outwardly they can make everybody in the world laugh and that's not enough to fill that void that they're feeling personally. And yeah, I think of Robin Williams. I mean, Mm -hmm. could you think of anybody else who makes everybody feel like they belong or that they can, they have a place to laugh. And yet internally, they're just, it's dark. It's, it's depraved. It sucks. And uh, when you go back and you watch some of those bits, it's like, man, dude, just to think about what's going on up there. That was their, uh, their outward approach to like try to rein that in. And it just, sometimes it's just not enough.
3: Mitch Hedberg is one of my favorite comedians Mitch of all Hedberg. time. And I
5: mean, exactly. just I, I play stuff for, from him, for my, for
3: my kids and just, it resonates with so many on, on so many different levels with just different age groups and stuff. It's just, it's very straightforward humor, but when you see him up on stage and he's like making jokes and just kind of self-deprecating and like, he, he says jokes that aren't funny and he kind of laughs at himself you can just see that he's just the the wheels are turning super fast in his head, and he just can't really deal with. You it.
0: You can tell with him that he's on the struggle bus. Like like yeah. if a guy like Farley, I think he can you he can he's got charismatic enough and whatever. But with Hedberg, it's like, oh man, this is a tortured dude. Yeah, to me, anyways.
3: But some of his his jokes are some of the funniest things I've ever heard. Like I mean, just
0: best Mitch Hedberg joke ever is when he says, "If I'm walking down the street and you hand me a piece of paper, it's like you're saying here." You throw this away. <laughs> I just fucking love that.
3: Shit. The receipts for the donut is, is one of my favorite bits I like It's like, we do not bring
5: pen and paper into this. Do Mitch would kill today. Could you imagine oh. with social media? Like, the bits that he had were so short. Yeah. And, like, the YouTube and all this. He is yeah. perfect and all that. for Twitter. He would 100%. have been a Twitter bomber, dude. Like, yeah. killer. Just a killer. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely.
2: So I'm gonna snag. Um, I'm gonna snag Saturday Night Live produced or uh, inspired movies. And this one's not directly oh, inspired by hint, a bit. Hint. Yeah, hint, hint about um, what possible draft category might have coming. But I mean, if you really think of, like, it's interesting that that TV often isn't something that you think of translating well into movies, and the, the transition back and forth between those things is often awkward. And I, if you think about the Saturday Night Live like bits that have turned into movies themselves, like Wayne's World, for example, is like one of the few really successful ones. But in terms of like pick, you know, a factory of like producing funny movies, right? Like people that go on to do not the exact bits in most cases, but kind of a version of themselves from the show. I mean, there's nothing more productive, right? I mean, the number of movies that are great and the number of movie. Stars or at least character actors that come out of SNL and go on to be some of the funniest people—not of our just our generation, but but the one or two before us—and really the one. I mean, it's still going, even though you might argue that SNL is kind of dog shit in a lot of ways now it's still producing some really, really funny people. You're just old, then. It's really great.
0: It's amazing, (laughs) super intelligent. I have no idea.
1: (laughs) I just want to call you old. Is that the case, Boomer?
4: Well, think Uh, about where, like,
5: Lorne Michaels pulls a lot of these people from. They come from a lot of these, like, improv groups. And that is what, to me, is the most humorous, is the improvisational aspect of comedy yeah. it's not what's scripted you can try to recreate in a multitude of takes something that's funny that some something that the audience can gravitate towards but it's that one liner that comes that nobody's expecting like if you watch liar liar jim carrey 1996 and you watch the outtakes when the credits are filming and the way that he improved a lot of the lines that went into that movie that's what people connect to. It's not the stuff of trying to recreate. It's like not hitting the record button on a podcast, <laughs> and then you have to recreate that that, that moment. We, 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 that we would not know what that I even like. I, I have I, no clue. Is that something I that actually happens? I, I don't think so, dude. Not with producers it's like interesting. What we have.
0: Interestingly, what you're saying there, but because I, th- in my opinion, the next level from this, because you have all these SNL guys and these in these '90s movies and Sandler and all these guys, and it's very like over the top you right. can carry all right it's very right. over the top and so like the kind of antithesis to that beep, beep. but doing the same thing <laughs> is going to be like the new Apatow crew and all the all the new right. Apatow movies which I think are just absolutely hilarious but it's just them riffing for like yeah. Yeah. 15 minutes and saying joke after joke after joke but it's all just
2: jokes and not like the over the top like physicality like right. uh, being silly funny stuff yeah, they're, mu- they're much more dialogue driven right. and uh, there was a lot more physical comedy in the in Definitely. And that
5: really gives credence to like, as a young kid who loved slapstick comedy, the older I get, I wouldn't say more educated, but, and I wouldn't even say refined just with experience and wisdom, which both things I don't have, uh, comes British humor. And when you watch British humor as an adult versus a child, you really gain an appreciation for what actual comedy is. That's now, century old comedy. Now you're speaking Brad's
4: language. <laughs>
5: <laughs> 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 British comedy today still I mean it still holds true. I mean think about the centuries of comedy that has been there and you watch some of these things as a kid, you're like, you don't get it, dude. Monty Python, perfect example. I oh, so still don't get it, bro. Oh, so so I still don't, don't get it. it. I don't know. There's something about watching a little, you know, plebeian with coconuts as they're, you know, riding their <laughs> hor- riding horseback. Exactly. It, it's fucking funny, dude. I don't know. It's fucking weird. That was like... 35, 40 the
0: guy, years ago, the guy that's just bleeding out that still wants to fight is really that's a that, funny. that's a black knight.
4: <laughs> <But>, uh, <so, laughs> <flesh> yeah.
3: <laughs> I mean, I get in this argument with a lot of folks because and Nate and Nate and I—he's watched the British Office and the, in the entirety of the American Office—and I'm I'm a, a hardcore Ricky Gervais BBC Office fan, and I've watched the first episode of the American Office, and they kind of recreated the the one of the uh, uh, the first episodes the the British version. And after that, I was just I can't do it. And Nate swears by the the, the American. Well, I,
2: so I love the British office. I do, but but it's it's.
3: You know. But they're different, though. I, I will say they're well, different. Well, you literally, and
2: I'm not, I'm not trying to him only one. the the only episode <laughs> of the entire series <laughs> that's an overlap.
0: This is the difference. Michael Scott it has a bunch of redeeming qualities. He's like the worst, but he has a bunch of redeeming qualities. And Ricky Gervais is just
3: David Brent. David is all
0: bad. And and his new his new special on Netflix was a rough watch. I didn't even get all the way through. I it. haven't Ooh. checked it out. Oh, I, I had not checked it out. You know, it's
5: interesting the way that British comedy translates to American comedy can can evolve. And you can make it appeasing to a, you know a large group of people. It's hard to do it the other way around. For example, try to recreate Seinfeld with British humor. Could you imagine what that would be like? Like, do you think there would be a Kramer in Britain? No. No, it'd be like that dude from Notting Hill. That'd be the closest yes, thing. Spike. It
0: happens the Spike, opposite way, you. though. It happens the opposite way. Exactly. Right? Like, the Americans adapt, adapt some other exactly. fun shit from other places. Like, you can't recreate they're that. They're not copying our original shit, because we don't have much. <laughs> we have so many sequels. No, so sure. many sequels. Well,
3: I, what, what, what was crazy to me is just how many TV shows, like, or even reality shows that come over, and it's like, oh, this was from just a copies. British yeah. version of some show earlier. I was like, that's wild. Like, Why, is, why are they doing all this stuff first? But...
0: I don't know. Like, if you're into horror movies at all, like every horror movie, you're like, oh, they, this was a Korean movie or this was a Japanese movie. Or yeah. What it is. It's like,
3: oh, well, then I should just
1: watch that one. Yeah.
5: Because
3: Scotty, what, what are you snagging here?
1: So I'd like to snag just the relationship between Tommy and his dad. Like, yeah. I just it's just so cool. Like, and what's interesting to me is because Brian Dennehy in my m- life was always the asshole sheriff in First Blood.
4: <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean,
1: and a lot of his roles, he was kind of kind of a hard ass, and so this role was really cool for me because the relationship between him and Tommy, you you feel it. It's it's really cool. And we we talked about it a little bit earlier, but just you know the whole thing when they first see each other, they do the big old hug and they do yeah, yeah. the whole like routine, <laughs> yeah. routine sumo yeah. the sumo right, you know sumo thing, right, yeah, and it's just you know there's love there, and, and you know, and we were talking about you know the the acting chops like when he's talking about his dad you feel the love and dude he does a great job really reflecting the the relationship they have and i just I, love that
3: i think they chose very intentionally like his last scene in the movie is him on the boat just talking to his dad like, right i mean i think that's it brings it all back to what the movie's actually about it's like just his relationship with his dad which you're right it's a hundred percent emotional and like You you feel it. You really feel that connection there. And it's it's very real in the sense that it's like it shows a dad showing real love. Like if you again, we just did Billy Madison not too long ago. His dad has this weird relationship with him. It's like, you're my asshole fuck up son, and I kind of just deal with you and tolerate you, yeah. Versus this is like you know what, son, I know you're trying your best and I love you for it.
1: And that's why Tommy wants to go on the, his dad's trip. He wants to keep the company alive because yeah. right. he he loves the town and loves everybody around, but he, he has to do this for dad. He has to yeah. keep the Callahan name alive. And so I love that. There's
5: a genius in that part where he and Julie Warner's character in this movie, Michelle, it's this very emotional moment in the movie because dad had just passed and he's walking that long trail down in his funeral tuxedo and then they pan over to the dinghy where he's out there with Julie Warner's character and they're talking and you can see the pain in his face he starts crying I don't Mm -hmm. know if you noticed this but that was one of the things I took notes on is that you can literally see him see him welp up in this scene and he's crying and the beauty of what Siegel does in this moment is he takes this very serious moment and he invokes three dickhead kids <laughs> into the shore uh-huh. that are yelling at this fat ass in this dinghy from, like, 200 yards away. <laughs> hey, Miss, do you know that you've got a killer whale on the bow with you? <laughs> I
1: like... Oh, um, cheese kids these days Dude, and, the, and the fact that the, the, the boat is literally like tipped like he's <laughs> exactly. sitting in the <laughs> end it's, yeah. yeah. it's, it's ready so to caps off
3: water's just he about coming on his side and exactly.
5: Yeah. exactly and the way that he's able to flip that emotion from like this mm-hmm. super serious moment mm-hmm. where he has literal tears in his eyes which again pans to your point about him playing a dramatic role he's got the chops and then they pan into this very comical very iconic scene where these three kids are just trolling him on the beach is phenomenal.
3: And then Julie Warner steps up and she sees that like, you know what, wait, you you guys are insulting him. He's in a vulnerable time right now and she steps up and shows like
5: Fuck you, kids! Oh, I'll dude. fuck you up. <laughs> yeah, I'd be willing to argue that she's the boner of the month, and not Bo Derek with her fucking dirty <laughs> redheaded pixie cut.
4: I'm just right, saying, hey, dude, fans, that's just me. You, that's if that's if just like a I'm one man's on point of view. All right, <laughs> redheaded pixie cut,
3: <laughs> Michelle or Bo Derek? What, 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 dude, which way y'all going I'm out going there? Michelle, BDK. dude, all
0: the
5: way, all the way,
3: Michelle. All right, well, it's time for uh, to unzip those body bags. What do, what are we dropping from this movie? What, i got, what?
0: I've got the best. I'm body bagging. For sure, I'm I'm OSHA right, and I'm coming into Callahan Auto, <laughs> and, and they turn and they turn to each other, and they're like alright you guys ready put on your hard hats you'll you really get hurt the first person they meet inside of the production area no hard hat <laughs> fucking there's one lady that's like this this thing is getting dipped into like some sort of solvent and she just reaches in and grabs it barehanded and is just like looking at it light. This other dude's got no face face shield. He's, He's got no fucking oil filter. This yeah, man is going filters. to die. And fucking ah, <laughs> uh, dude. Everything you... about that scene, it just went on and on and on and like the fucking chemical plant manager in me was just dying with every step that I've, they took no, into that. I
3: point. feel like you could go into Zelensky though and like it's even worse because they're just oh. standing there as this car crashes into a well. <laughs> I'm so no glad eye you just like, oh. Oh, it's just He's like, I love that sound. <laughs> Everything the, about all that this shit movie. In the, the whole uh, uh the Zelensky plant is just wild. Why are they doing it? They're the
5: auto parts store. Why are they doing crash test dummies? Dude, how the <laughs> fuck did they get that car up on the 39th floor to do the crash test? That's what I want to know. I like <laughs> like the questions that I had, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, <laughs> but, but that one scene where he's shadow boxing the pulleys that they're coming yes. by and, you know, just nails the shit of him and they're just kind of watching him, you know? Uh, I, I agree
0: with you. There'd oh, be some show? scars, sure. some blood. That's, that's, uh,. <laughs> They definitely, they've they they've got, I mean, dude, we could go through it. I bet you someone has, like, if you go through and talk about, like, the real, real world fines? dollar fines that those people have,
5: we're talking dude, BBK, $8 million million. BVK needs to get an OSHA specialist in here to really devolve
2: Tommy <laughs> <laughs> Boy break that
5: down. The, the, the scientist that runs over to pull the lever to break the car and it just flings the guy, like, 30 feet in the air for his nuts to get jammed by yeah, two giant sandbags. Yeah, the sandbag comes down immediately. <laughs> That's what you call a recordable instance. Exactly. Oh my religion. They did have the wherewithal to cut the sandbags off as soon as they got a nut shot. So you yeah. gotta respect oh. you gotta respect the uh the, the, yeah. I could oh. if funny things were happening
2: during those scenes, I was so distracted I didn't know <laughs> what was happening.
3: Nate Dog, what are you body bagging my friend?
2: So I, I don't have a lot about this movie that I want to body bag because I I really I still liked it on this this rewatch and it was it was a movie that I thought like Everything I might have complained about, I still was really able to take it for what it was. There are some movies that I can't. Like, I can't go back and just... But everything here is, like, pretty well self-contained, so my complaints are pretty few. I don't love Rob Lowe. What? Thank you. Yeah. I don't
5: What? He looks like he belongs in, like, a Hamlet recreation. Yeah. Do you
0: guys... Do you remember when we watched Rules of Attraction and the guy Jack who's, like the bisexual like friend? Oh, of the Dawson one that, that really wants Silver to somber holder. Yes, we yeah. talked yeah. about that
3: last week. Yeah, yeah.
0: Is he Rob Lowe in this movie or what? Do they look <laughs> like the same they fucking person? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness, is Anyways, he wearing continue, Italian uh, leather? I
2: don't. I don't definitely. hate Rob Lowe in this at all. I when like his shirt in, gets
3: in, sucked in, up, that's pretty damn funny.
2: <laughs> I, I generally like him, and I thought he's pretty funny. But for for some reason, like I thought he that there were parts of it where I was like, oh yeah, you're you're like a little too going a little too hard to the like obvious evil stepbrother thing and I thought it could have been played just like a little more subtle. Could have tricked you for a little while a little bit, to think that a maybe bit, he was yeah. cool. Yeah. 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 I, I'm he actually straight
3: douchey, that's true. Yeah,
2: so, so I, I, that, was my, that was maybe my thing, but you know, yeah, a little complaint. That scene where he gets his shirt sucked up through the tube,
5: <laughs> I was I was trying to pause and do the same thing for the nip slit yeah. uh, <laughs> during the pool to see what his tattoo was <laughs> and actually, interestingly enough, I found some trivia on the, not Rob Lowe's tattoo. But David Spade has a tattoo of Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes on his left bicep that Sean Penn did for him on his arm. Oh,
3: wow. Really? Yeah.
5: Yeah. So, I thought that was kind of interesting. I just kind of Google I appreciate tattoos the and tat. that's pretty sweet. Tommy boy and that's what came up but apparently that's that's google proofed. I don't know if it's real or not but it sounded good so I thought well, I'd throw that down. Rob
3: Lowe has the ultimate where he was at the Super Bowl and he was wearing <laughs> and he was wearing the the NFL, the NFL, hat. NFL <laughs> logo hat. was <laughs> just like that's so How do she can you be so wearing the I, NFL, NFL <laughs> logo hat? So who's repping the NFL everybody as the wins, logo? Everybody wins. I
0: just rewatched <laughs> some uh some The roast of Roblo? Oh, yeah, they don't uh, get Comedy Central? Oh, my God, you guys. They just destroy Rob (laughs) Lowe. Like, I guess he had sex with, like, a 13-year-old in, like,
2: 1984. He would have got canceled. If that shit happens nowadays, he's canceled for life. How did they not reach back on that one? They clowned him so
3: hard. I know. That's what I'm
0: saying. And, like, dude, there's an hour-long special of them just exclusively making fun of him having sex with, like, a 14-year-old. It's crazy. Yeah, that is comedy. And I'm like, who doesn't And he's just up there laughing. His kids are there. They're laughing, they oh, keep tanning oh, to his Lord. children that's in hilarious. the crowd dude, the who front, are like that age, and they're uh, like, "Ha ha, dad, you were crazy, <laughs> 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 dude! It's so wild."
1: Dude, she could have been our beau Derek. The old school, the old school Friars roast. If you guys need a rabbit hole to go down, YouTube. Just, oh my god, just yeah. YouTube it, and there's so many. There's every star you can think of getting roasted. The Drew Carey roast is one of my all time favorites, and I'm not going to go into it, but it just—it's the best. It. It's so one good.
0: of my favorite styles of comedy ever because oh, yeah. it's just like so easy to be like, "Oh my God, he went there, he went there." It's <laughs> yeah. just, but, oh, but I'm just joking. So this good. is for funsies. This yes, is for yeah. funsies. And then at the end, you're like, "And <laughs> I love you, dude. And I love you." Dude. I just forgot about how you. Fucked oh, up. We,
5: we might have to do a roast episode. That would just be bad. Dude, oh. It was—he oh. was obviously religious, dude. He was a fundamentalist, Latter-day Saint, dude. I mean, huh? No big deal. Uh, or Scientologists. Or Scientologists, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> guaranteed, guaranteed Scientologists. I don't think these are questions. Sorry, can we say that on here? I don't know. Uh, Refin now, I apologize. Scientologists? I uh, b- can't say that on here. <laughs> we'll take that. I, I immediately we were at the Scientology my comment.
3: Center just, uh, we you know, a couple months ago and uh, we were right across the street from it. So we're, we're basically members. Dude, I love
4: that.
2: Uh, I guess you, I'm literally a member. You they didn't sign
0: you up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Nice. Well, no, this is what happened. Me and Brad and it, we went in there and they were like uh, before we check your thetan levels, we're going to check your bank account levels, yeah. and then they asked Brad and uh, nah. I to leave. That explains. <laughs> They're like Nate, you can stay. That,
5: <laughs> that
0: explains they just why me a flyer and
5: I walked. I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> that explains why all you guys look like you're 20. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right, my my body bag is un, it's just a sad one. It's hard drugs.
3: Uh, if you look at some of the the folks in our age group that have your that
0: body have, bag and hard drugs.
3: I am because... They're it, pretty
0: fun, Brad. You should try
3: them. You know... <laughs> I've heard about these games of Beersby. I don't know. Beersby. Hey, Beersby. <laughs> well, the way Zach throws his Frisbee is a hard drug. That'll do some damage to you long term. Uh, but no, the the hard drugs, just the, the fact that they've taken Chris Farley, They took Kurt Cobain. They took, uh, uh, I mean, River James Phoenix. Joplin, Jim Belushi. Jimmy Jim Kendrick. John Belushi. John Belushi. <laughs> Amy Winehouse. Amy long Winehouse. There's so many people that have just just passed away from those hard drugs that that get control of them and it's it sucks because they're so many people you want to see where did their career where where was gonna go what was Uh, what was chris farley's career looking like right now it could have been a train wreck it could have been absolute dog shit but i want to see where it would have gone because that that guy had some 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 talent in him that that i feel like did not get to be used at its full potential i feel like i
0: agree with you it's like what would they have done you know what i mean but then again like what would they have done? So, like, so, so, got yeah. sober and found Jesus and made some like really fucking weird shit. Chris Farley, like he does only church movies now.
2: But, but, but Let me promise you what he would have done at least. And that is like, for me, as good as Tommy boy is, and he's great. And obviously we'd love a lot more Tommy boys, but then we see him do black sheep and like, it's okay. It's good, but it's not as good, but like, what he could have done over and over and over again was whatever version of the bus driver from Billy Madison. Right. Like <laughs> super, there's a weird. million more of those movies. Like this is like Rob Schneider, right? Shows up in every, right. So like, you know, that Farley is going to have had a whole bunch of cameo type, like small roles where he just and comes in and, and dominates for like in like Sandler movies, Will Ferrell movies. Exactly. So whether or not he would have become a dramatic actor, whether or not he would like had the lead in some things that would have been really good. He would have done that 10 more times or 15 more times, and we would have Knocked your socks loved off every now. bit of it, right? The, the 10 minutes or less he was on screen, we would have loved it. Have you guys ever heard of the 27 Club? No. So, so, the, twi- yeah, the 27 club yeah. and all the Barley, people that died yeah. prematurely,
5: like Jim Morrison, Janice Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, like all Kurt these, Cobain, like, start yeah. Kurt- Kirk. And you look at all these people and they look like they're like in their 50s. That's what drugs will do. Don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> but, you know, you look at these people and you think, like, 27? That seems like an eon ago for anybody sitting around this table. And yeah, yet, mm-hmm. their body of work was so extensive. That's the other thing that drives me crazy is you think about. Jimi Hendrix, for example, how iconic is Jimi Hendrix when he does the Star-Spangled Banner riff? And you think about his illustrious work, it, it's, it is. It's It's so sad. It so plays it makes, right into your body back. But it
0: also makes me wonder how much of that nostalgia or how much of that was spurred by the fact that they died. You Very know what I mean? true.
5: Which... Have, plays in with Farley because
0: they like never it. got a chance to get cheesy and old yeah. like there's yeah. always a point where no matter how cool you are you're like an old dude doing, doing a Vegas you're residency. doing well, yeah, exactly so like,
1: like Elvis yeah. uh, the, a lot of Elvis's legacy is, is him being Elvis. silly and doing fucking yeah. kicks and shit well, uh,
2: well and a lot of like you've talked about this too in slightly different context but like people blow their load with their best shit yes. and some very very talented people have some amazing great stuff and then, you know, they have a little bit, of a couple rounds of that in them, and then they don't. And like that, that's, that's you know, that's pretty, even even among the elite, like, at whatever, in whatever field or whatever thing they're doing, you pretty much, like, most people are that, right? Most product that you put out, whether it's art or whatever else, is somebody giving their best stuff that they can't really replicate. And there's only, like, that real true handful that, like, I mean, how how many in music that deliver can, are over you like, and over. oh, yeah. You know, you can truly do great things for decades.
3: Well, well Scotch has a great album that he released not too long ago, The Ballad Bosco Jenkins. It's like if I asked you to knock out twelve songs right now, like very heartfelt emotional songs, it's probably gonna be a little more difficult than the first time around because you had Here you go, you got six to months build, to record
2: exact.
3: And they're like, Now make a second album right now and you're gonna well, be like, the, Oh mean, shit.
2: This is true detective, right? Like so true detective season one is maybe the greatest season of television. Ever so, without a right. doubt. Connie had his fun. True Detective yeah. season two yeah. is dog shit. Terrible. Like, wrapped it's in It's actually,
0: shit. it's like not that bad, but when you compare it, it it's ha- If terrible. it was a
2: complete. No, dude, I don't
0: think it's that bad. Ugh. But. It's nothing compared. To, not, it's not, not even, even the
2: same like category. And, and then there was a long period of time between that and, th- and three. And three, even and, the Mahershala Ali One is it's it's okay. It's okay, but it's better than two. It's and way better than but, two. But I think this is my point: is like, but it's not great. Then you gave him like the more time, and he was able to do something pretty good. But he's never going to do one again, right? And, and that's, I think that there's some like not just some, but like a large portion of these young talented people that it wasn't just that they got over romanticized a little bit because of their death and the stuff that they did. But it was also because they were saved, in a lot of cases, from the like inevitable fall to mediocrity.
0: Can we also say that uh, they're going to do one with Jodie Foster? Uh, True Detective Season 4, no. Jodie Foster starring no. as, a, as
2: a detective. I'm, I'm, all, all, I'm, I'm all,
0: all, all, in all in on, all this. In on that That's
2: shit. Right so, so a buddy of mine who um, was a huge fan of True Detective uh, Season 1, Heath insists that the major downfall of season two was that they did it in L.A. instead of doing it up where we're at around the California Delta, which, if you know the California Delta, anybody, it's like the seediest, shittiest, like, bunch of, like, intersecting weird waterways, which kind of mimics that, like, feel of the swamps of of the south. That would have been a good location. That would have been a good location. Yeah, my buddy Arjuna is, like, on, he just insists that that would have saved it. Maybe it would have. He's got a point.
3: All right, folks, we are on to our streaming recommendations. We just watched Tommy Boy, so we've got to give you something related, or maybe it's not even related. Maybe it just made you think of something else to watch. So where are we going with our streaming recommendations? Zach, what do you got for me?
0: So this is a tough like spot for movies for me to where I remember liking these movies, and then when I watch them as an older person, I'm like just not as into it. So – one that really holds up to me, that I think if you if you dig Tommy Boy, I think this movie will kill you over and over again. And that movie is half baked with Dave Chappelle oh, because, dude, fucking it, winner. It holds up to me better than a lot of the Billy Madison Tommy Boy movies that I love. But it's at the same time I'm like, this one, this one still packs a little bit of a punch that where where it gets me laughing pretty good. So that's Bill. my recommendation. What's Bill, it on? I believe it's on. Uh,
3: hbo max all right and that's that's a bvk specialty because that was one of the ones where we got like i I mentioned this before where we got the uh the uh pre-release copy so it had like it was all fucked up it had it would go black and white and it had like stuff spreading across it we watched it all summer before it actually came out
2: if i remember right billy madison was directed by the same woman who then directed half-baked correct yes which is kind of an interesting like fun little you know it's not that many like female comedy directors, right. Especially of that era. And those two movies don't definitely don't have like a feel of, of being, you know, sort of, you know, female led, but man, they are funny. All, All right, right. Nate, What do you got? So I, as I, as I said earlier, I'm a pretty big fan of David Spade. And, uh, so I'm looking at David Spade's catalog. And if you're going to go anywhere else, you got to go a very different direction and watch Joe Dirte. As uh, he says, <laughs> Joe dear. Joe, don't try to church it up, son. It, your name's Dirt. He got a Hemi I love it, dude. Joe Dirt, and it, it kind of holds up in the sense that, like, it has a timelessness to it. That, like, it's 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 making fun of kind of the like. It, it, I, I don't know. It, it just it, it. David Spade plays a perfect kind of like down on his luck sort of you know rough around the edges character and uh you know uh kid rock comes in for like a just a, a great cameo a great sort of like small role so i don't know if, if you're a fan of david spade in maybe a little less uh traditional dry sarcasm david spade role this is for you you will have to pay for it and you can rent it for about $2.99 everywhere you rent movies. And can we not like surpass how hot
5: Brittany Daniel is uh, in that incredible. movie? I mean, we talked about Bo Derek's Trixie cut. Oh, I but I, Brittany Daniel, I mean there's nothing hotter. Work. Dude, when she's sitting on the porch and she's laughing When the dog's nuts are getting spatulated off it, (laughs) and how hot she looks! Like she looks like one of those fair chicks. Like you could just go down the Stanislaus County Fair. She's walking, Uh, rocking the jorts, dude. I think I. I mean, that's why we're staring him.
2: She, she, she. I mean, I'm not generally a fan of really short haircuts, Mm -hmm. um, for on on women. I'd agree. Boy, does she wear that well? Well,
4: and
3: did Jamie Presley uh, not get uh, taken over by uh, who's the girl that's in?
2: there are six different women that look identical to Jamie Presley, so it's I'm thinking the say. most Get recent called. one though Anna is Anna Faris. No no, 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 the, the no. most recent is it's the girl
3: that's been uh, uh the, uh, the girl Margot Robbie. Yeah, Margot, Margot
2: Robbie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She they, is they, the they, new the, Jamie Presley. You know what? If you, the two of you, if you can tell the two of them apart in a photo photo, you're better man than I. <laughs> that's
5: why. That's why you got to ask them to talk in real life because one has an Aussie accent, the other that's one the you only can tell is like white trash
2: royalty. You cannot tell the difference between those. And
3: I actually appreciated Joe Dirt the way they had the whole uh uh he's telling the radio station about his whole situation like i, I like that little format for yeah, the movie it's it a it's a fun dennis movie. miller kind of being dennis miller so it was, it was good yeah.
0: stuff dennis miller doing a great dennis miller
3: <laughs> pretty much like dennis be yourself <laughs> all right i can do that all right john you got something for us I a do, Streaming I recommendation. Do.
5: yeah definitely this is one that you can find on Probably on Amazon Prime is your best bet. $3.99 for a 48-hour rental that you can stream. It's another Chris Farley movie that came out in 98. It came out post-mortem for this guy, so he didn't get any of the accolades. It's very obscure, and it starred Matthew Perry as well in kind of like his heyday because he... Was coming off the Friends run. It was before he got in that, like, super boozy, alcoholic-y, puffy face look where he, like, was still funny. His pill face. Pill face, exactly. <laughs> but Almost Heroes is, is a terrific movie about these two guys that are frontiersmen that are trying to trek right behind Lewis and Clark. And they go through a very similar stretch where they meet. Uh, I, I'm going to botch her name. i want to say Sacagawea, but I know that's not right. Sacagawea, whatever nice. you want to call her. Nonetheless, this movie is phenomenal. And the apex of this movie is them going through all these trials and tribulations. Chris Farley may or may not climb this giant pine lodge tree. <coughs> he's trying to get an eagle egg because they're starving. And they get all the way to the West Coast. And then, you know... I'll leave the conclusion to that, but it's a great movie. I recommend it to all. Again, if you're a Farley fan, you're gonna like it because it's like Tommy Boy in the 1800s. <laughs> so what? Just imagine Tommy Boy looking like Davy Crockett. What is the, <laughs> the the strangest thing to me? I've never seen it about that. What? Is that never.
3: two of the larger and I mean stature larger comedians of the 80s and 90s, John Candy and uh uh Chris Farley. Chris Farley, Chris Farley does. Uh, what was it called it was almost heroes almost heroes yeah. a frontiers movie and then john Candy's last Go movie east was was wagons east oh, you right wagons, wagons east. east and yeah. so like how the both of them like that's their like death movies that's They're the movies dead. that comes out when they both die that's wild <laughs> that they were both like kind of frontier Moving
5: East movies. And both of their demises really sucked. Like one was like blacked out on a coffee table from a heroin overdose. The other one died in his bathtub. Like talk about black and dark. But they're really funny. So you guys should check them out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, their pain is our
3: game. Their pain is our game. Um, You can edit that out. My streaming recommendation is going to be... uh, and this is a Ron Howard movie from the 80s. And you know what? It's all about the idea of, you know what, when your factory's not doing well and you got to figure out how to make it, uh, you know, solve their problems. I'm going to go with Gung Ho.
2: Oh, man. Ooh-wee.
3: A little Getty Watanabe and uh, Michael Keaton. That is a uh, a classic. I loved it as a kid. Um, you have an American car company trying to learn from uh, uh, the, the Japanese executives who've bought them out. And it's, of course, it's a, a fish-out-of-water type comedy where the, the, the cultural differences between the groups, and it's a fun movie. Um, I don't know. You might say that there's a, some, some racial situations that are a little inappropriate for today, but I think it's a great movie. It's a good comedy, and it's free on Kanopi. Canopy. Oh. Canopy. I'm going to check this out, dude. Canopy. I've never even
5: heard of Gung Ho,
3: and I'm a big oh, Michael oh, Keaton it's, fan. Oh,
5: it's, it's big a Big Michael Keaton fan.
3: He's he's kind of the head of the union uh, and, and is trying to kind of uh, figure out how the, the factory is going to kind of keep doing what they're doing and kind of be like American workers when they have these Japanese bosses that are telling them like this is how we're gonna do things very structured and it's, it's So
5: it's like America twenty twenty two.
3: Ah uh, pretty much okay, yeah. nice. can I you can it. you well, are you are you willing to, to work or are you not willing to work? And and it's uh it's kind of a an interesting little take. So gung ho, check it out on the streamers. I
5: will do it on Canopy. Canopy. Canopy.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> off topic but uh last week I'm pretty sure last week we did uh rules of attraction we right we sure did so my mom just texts me cuz times a little wonky on bez video kingdom so she hasn't heard the rules of attraction pod she's getting prepared for it and she just texts me okay period new paragraph so i just watched rules of attraction period
2: new paragraph <laughs> what the fuck question mark question mark can i, can I sorry sorry but here how many? Because that's not the first time you've gotten essentially that text from, from your my mom. mom. Yeah, was yeah. my picks. picks. But, yeah. but the, yeah, gonna <laughs> say, the
3: funniest thing is all those picks are Zach's picks. Yeah, everyone. His them. mom yeah, is no, like, "What am I watching?" Yeah, she
0: never watches one of Nate's picks and then calls me and is like, "What
2: the fuck is this?" <laughs> didn't <laughs> like she? I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, get you some ribs. So wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, didn't she do the same thing with Hereditary? Yeah, yeah. Oh boy. Almost
0: a word for word
5: same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. R- Rules of attraction this, is a, I've an heard interesting this story one. before. But I love how artistic a lot of your picks are. That's the thing. They're oh, they're that's... very obscure. And it's like all movies that I hated growing up and I probably still hate today, but they're funny. <laughs> I mean because you're that's, funny so i like it. problem
0: that's what my problem with with uh, rules of attraction is that they try to get a
2: little too artsy. well the irony is that like yeah. zach with a, a couple of exceptions like zach's one of the funniest people i know and he has the most depressing musical <laughs> and, and movie recommendations <laughs> like it's like it's like it, he is like chris farley it's like he's like happy on the outside but he all his dark. art is so dark
5: yeah have you seen that movie with Hartnet and kirsten dunce like Teenage Suicide Club or something like that. Oh, the Virgin like Suicide Club? Virgin, Virgin Suicide Club. Oh, yeah. Loved, Virgin it. Su- the Virgin Su- suicide. Suicide. loved it, didn't seen you? It numerous you stuff. loved it. Yeah, I've seen it <laughs> oh. Two thumbs up. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right, a house. When A, sound, a great, great, great soundtrack fucking soundtrack. And, yeah, dude. Yeah. That's right. I mean, you were probably that's, a youngster when that came out. I was very young, yeah. <laughs> but I was still working at the video rental store, so I had to put that away. But yeah, I <laughs> so could imagine that, that's one of your picks. That's a tough watch. Good, though. All right. Sophia Coppola.
3: Yeah. That's, oh, that's her, her directorial to be way in. better
5: than Godfather Three. All right. <laughs> <laughs>
3: our, our next category is the reshelf it. This is where we're gonna ha- come up with our reshelfing or alternate endings. But before we get to those alternate endings, you know what? Sometimes when a movie uh it ends, there the I I bet the director's very thinks a lot about that final song that they're going to choose. How are we going to end this movie? And, 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 you know, you have a, a, a movie like Tommy boy, you can go a lot of different directions and they decided to do a little orchestral little like score at the end when he's on the boat and it's a happy moment. He's talking to his dad and it's just, it's, it ends on a very bright moment, but what if they just kind of twisted it and (laughs) went about as base as you can get and dropped Weird Al Yankovic's classic parody of the uh uh the Michael Jackson hit bad and just put on Who's eat Fat as he's floating away on the boat, just who's fat <laughs> they got ah, fat. Ah, I thought you were, gonna, gonna with, I thought you were
0: going through weird old Yankovic.
3: eat it. Eat Bye. it. That was also a, 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 a fat parody, but uh, we're going to go with fat from Michael Jackson. So
0: I forgot about this category. I got to start preparing for this category because there's to. there's lots of gold out there for sure.
3: I, and, and it's such an easy one. I mean, I, I feel like I, I just kind of just, you know, top of the barrel right or the bottom of the barrel right there. But
1: Dude, I, I swear to God. So I just came back in here. I was out doing other things. Tending um, to
5: his cat hurt. Yeah, I
1: was getting <laughs> pussy. <Anyway. laughs> so... So when, when you brought that up, I, I didn't think about this category either, which I love it. And I swear to God, as I was sitting here, you mentioned it. I go, how about fat from Weird Al <laughs> i
4: Damn. Wow.
1: Saying, it's, it's the first one that pops to your head. Yeah. It
3: doesn't take a lot of thought. And it's just easy. When cause... you
1: started saying it, I was like, there's no way he just, and he, oh my God, he did. So <laughs> I'm right, fantastic. I'm with you. So there you go. There you go. It's not Wave surprising lines.
0: to me at all that you, both of you Weird Al dorks, are like <laughs> super into this.
3: Gotcha. How many times have you seen him hey, live?
1: Uh, I'm uh, Only three times. Yeah, exactly. I've seen him three
3: times, I only
0: think. Oh, weird Al. Cal, times.
1: Cal Poly yeah, Alumni. I do Cal have, Poly I have a set list. Li- oh,
3: he really? A set, he is? List,
1: a set list on my he wall. He does.
3: It is beautiful. Oh, wow. that, that's words of songs all written together. Uh, he's got the set list on top. Yeah. And then and that, that, that picture below fantastic. is from the uh, uh, Bad Hair Day album, and it's all the lyrics of that album written which creating a picture hey why don't you
0: guys just retire to the nerdery and uh <laughs> let us know when you guys are done speaking of nice nerdery, i think
3: i think harry
5: potter is yeah coming how, out with how excited are you about of, the biopic yeah
3: weird al yes he is he is going to be uh
1: oh
0: uh, daniel radcliffe yeah, 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 yeah. Radcliffe
3: is going to be playing I, weird al
1: i saw the trailer and it, i don't know man it looks like it's trying to be like
3: a, a parody on like walk a parody the line. of a parody like it's or, or not walk the line Har, but walk hard. Uh, walk hard walk walk hard it's, it's trying to John be like C. a parody Harley. of walk hard which is weird because a parody of a parody yeah <laughs> that's actually so a it's a dramedy <laughs> i don't even know what that means dramedy i love <laughs> so dramedies
2: so f- came so full circle very serious <laughs> not funny at all
3: uh, well he does have a tragic backstory well not tragic backstory but his his, his middle story when his parents died in a fire that was pretty tragic. Tragic middle story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's
0: a little heavy, bro. All right. Well, um, that reminds oh, me of uh, on the one of the roasts I was watching, they were talking about Pete Davidson, whose dad died in nine eleven, And they were like, they were like, today is not a roast of Pete Davidson's father.
4: Oh, that was in
0: 2011. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. like, it's the most brutal fucking joke wow. I've ever
4: heard. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's... <laughs>
3: And you're sitting on stage and you're supposed to smile. That
2: was a roast. That was in a roast of Pete Davidson. It it was standing like uh, 10 feet away from him. Yeah, the British
0: guy was like, this is, he's like, everybody's making jokes about Pete Davidson's father dying in 9-11. This is not a roast of Pete Davidson's father. That took place in In 2000. That's (laughs) That's that's genius. That's that's (laughs) genius.
2: I, that's too much. (laughs) That's That's too too much, much, man. The structure of that joke is so amazing.
3: I can't. To be fair, it (laughs) probably took place in like 2016, 17, 18 or something like that. Yeah, it not, like saying that it, not saying that that's appropriate, but I'm saying uh, there is some it's distance. It's never
2: and- okay. Like, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm <sighs> like, I, I just, there <laughs> are certain things that like you just shouldn't do. I've that's got this. one of them. Like I, I probably would like, I'd probably go full Will Smith. Like, oh no. Since, yeah, uh, he he laughed his ass off. He, he took it like a champion. Uh, bro, I'm not that's I'm not that big fan. All right. Uh,
3: Reshelfing. Who's got This is Tommy Boy's a weird one to, to throw an alternate or a uh, a reshelf on. So reshelf is where we take a movie and it might be a comedy. You decide to make the uh, the dark uh, uh uh scary version of it or you decide to make it a sci-fi or whatever you want to do. What do we got? Reshelfs or or alternate endings. Anybody? Mm.
0: So so I mean the main alternate ending to this is the is the same alternate ending that we did for Billy Madison right so uh you know he he saves the company but then like literally like a month later, like the movie goes, like ten minutes later, and like fucking he ruins it. Like he, the OSHA visit comes, and then, <laughs> and then fucking all of a sudden they, they like he's like, yeah, we made the two million dollars that we needed yeah, to make bro. or whatever, and then he gets eight million dollars worth of fines levied <laughs> against him from OSHA, and they're like, fuck, dude, maybe and, we should. Michelle
5: leaves them immediately. <laughs>
0: exactly, maybe should have wore those hard hats, huh?
5: Mm. That's what I'm going with. Uh, or those cops come back when they want to bust him <laughs> for a DUI. And they're like, oh no, we're really coming back. Like you're seriously fucked right now. Yeah. Like everything that you thought, oh, you, you got legal bills. <laughs> I mean You're the, fucked, dude.
3: The the whole cop thing, I know I know I saw I knew they're like, bees don't fly around in the, in at night, which is true. I mean they, they when it's cold they they go home, but it's like would cops really just drive away? I mean it's they Ohio, say they're both bro. allergic, it's I guess. Hot that, as I night. guess they say they're both allergic, so
5: that's why they decided to bu- to book it, but Well, so I actually made notes of this and I was like, Okay, maybe that would fly in 1995 but today if you were Modesto like they would honestly believe you were tweaked out on crack yeah, and they would like, be like oh dude meth. we got some tweakers we got some meth heads out here get the SWAT crew in we're going to destroy these people they they're, they're twacked out so we got to get some beanbag guns or whatever they're bringing out some heavy tasers maybe may be on that
0: on that PCP the, yeah, like, they're uh, on the PCP like the training day they're guys angel
5: dust <laughs> like, angel
3: dust these guys are totally wet totally wet
5: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Nate you got us an alternate uh, or I, a reshelf I got nothing
2: I'm oh, not well. even. I'm not even going to try the vampire ones. You going to try even, Tommy, Tommy Boy, Boy till dawn? Till dawn. See. <laughs> that was a
5: beautiful ending, by the way. I loved it. That Tommy, was my favorite and alternate end. Tommy
2: Boy till Dawn. That's my yeah. dad my dad my dad's uh, I credit him. He was like, Oh, you just add Till Dawn to everything and then that's the...
3: <laughs> Tommy Boy till Dawn would be Holy shit. I, I, not... I think for sure the vampire's Dan Aykroyd. Like he's a vampire for sure.
2: Well, I, I think the way you do Tommy Boy till dawn is like Oh no, wait, the brother. The bro- of, bro- no, bro- brother and, and inst- Bo Derek. No, in, in instead of instead oh, yeah. of hitting the deer, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of the deer ending up in the backseat, you like it's like a hitchhiker. And then like you think they think he's dead, so they put him in the back seat. It turns out he's a vampire. Oh, and then he'll he goes crazy and starts trying to bite him. I I, I love fight him off.
0: I, I love where Scott went with it where he said that the that that Roblo and the mom Oh. A, the she's actually like eighteen hundred and thirty eight years old. Oh and that's why line, this lines up. Yeah. This
2: <laughs> lines <laughs> up. Okay. But I like where we're headed. That
5: explains it looks so I would also like to believe that like if Tommy Boy was a vampire. He's a big guy, right? So he's got a big appetite. He'd be going oh. to Big Mama's house and he would just be sucking <laughs> all their blood, dude. Just like, dude, I'm a hungry, like fella. Eddie Mert, like the Eddie Mercury. I'm guy. not, yeah, I'm not going to no. go, be going to Little House a, on the Prairie. I they're like eating, they're I, eating like homeschool maple syrup and stuff. I'm going straight up to Norbit's house or like, Big oh, Mama's house, I and love I'm gonna it. eat I all of the them. I love the
2: Cross Universe here. Yeah. yeah, all those are part <laughs> I of the I same love universe. I I love love the universe. Oh, that's the SNL Universe. Yeah, you just preview for the draft. You know,
0: I think that Will
2: Ferrell's character
0: would be delicious if he were a vampire. It just tastes like straight <laughs> yeah. syrup coming out of his Sorry. fucking veins. <laughs> a little elf.
5: I think yeah. that would be yeah. uh, like or a Or Plus, plus, plug, like,
2: plus uh, Cross Miss. Rich Bobby has a pretty good character. Oh, dude. Wonder Bread and Mountain Dew. Specifically targeting
5: diabetes. <laughs> oh. He would not have died of heroin overdose <laughs> if he just tasted a little bit of Mountain Dew and hillbilly oh, Love. Dude. Oh, some happen.
0: fucking some some code red, fucking some Mountain Dew code red blood. Red. Come on, bro. Fucking inject that shit. He's just going run the hospitals,
5: <laughs> sucking up the blood of all the type. B diabetes is Uh, type type two type two
4: two. (laughs) type two is the
5: best. Yeah, they're the best. Uh, (laughs) He's he's looking
1: for that
3: perfect combo of type two and Hep C. (laughs) Exactly.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Brad. You brought it full circle. I'm not a doctor. I don't claim to be one. I'm a diabetic. Uh, What type are you? Type B. (laughs)
0: Uh, 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 All
4: right.
3: Well, that's I think a wrap. Unless anybody else got anything else for our alternate inning. So I think we've got through Tommy Boy. We've hoisted some uh, not so heavies, but you know, it's great because we've got Josh. We can, hoist,
0: we can hoist more
3: of these lighties. Ah, oh, yeah. Uh, I see. No, I see multiple empty cans on the table. There's a lot of empty cans. That, cans that
0: sweet. On the table. Uh, I'm out. I'm out of Sweetwaters. Everybody,
3: Sweetwater Extra Pale Ale, four twenty. And, a, and I drank whatever Scott gave me. He's he yeah, some it's not, Yeah, he got Spukaki. some some
5: random. Uh, <laughs> Zach's been drinking that sweet bukkake. He's Just, got type Type uh, B diabetes. Down. Japanese. I did. <laughs> t-
0: I got that. Type bukkake. <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's what the B, uh, That's what com- the B stands this for? This is the end of the pod. You know, you
3: know when it's going off the rails? You're at the end of the pod. And so, thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for. Uh, thank Thank <laughs> you. you
2: very much. <laughs>
3: thank you very much. Like I'm, I'm, I'm an outcast now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's
5: funny. You, you do have the mustache two minute or two second aside. When I told you earlier that Jim Carrey is my hero? Yes. We had a third grade project where we had to write a letter to somebody that we admired. So I wrote mine to Jim Carrey. And we had this little paperback book in our library with all these makeshift addresses, probably to like agents or like people that know people that know people. Oh no, it was Jim Carrey's house. Dude, it was definitely Jim Carrey's yeah. house. It was CO to some gal named Heather. And I wrote this letter just basically divulging my Like kind of a little bit like obsession with Jim Carrey. Yeah. Anyway, months go by, months go by. It's, it's, it's November of 1997. So I would have been 12 years old and I get this big manila envelope in the mail. I'm like, my parents are all excited because they're like, "Oh, it's college admissions." No, it's not. Getting mail when you're a little kid is <laughs> exactly. Awesome. It's like, the best. You got
3: something coming in the mail when you're a little kid. You're just yeah, like, yes. Dude, it had four
5: stamps on it, so you know it was legit. <laughs> and they were Canadian. <laughs> and they were Canadian. Oh exactly. my god! Oh, holy shit, this is happening. It came with a headshot of Jim Carrey, and on the on the headshot, it came with a. Type letter that was from his publicist Or whatever and it was like oh thank you so much For your interest in Jim Carrey He's a great guy and he loves you guys And am like yeah okay whatever But the headshot itself was signed by Jim Carrey And on the headshot said spank you very much <laughs> Jim Carrey it is in a frame in my house to oh, this day yes. and that is what 25 years later so that's a win yeah. And, a win. and
3: he didn't leave in the sunlight so like Adam just Sa- about like, to
5: say, like, like Nate's Adam Sandler this? autograph
4: exactly. <laughs> yeah, d- d- Nate, which I have, is long uh, gone Nate had an
2: Adam Sandler autograph that's <laughs> it. fucking dead <laughs> now <and laughs> I, I maintain that it was long term vanishing ink <laughs> <laughs> just don't run a black light over it just don't run a black light over it
3: that's cool yeah. the, the, the Jim Carrey Fan club, him signing autographs. We actually had last week, we had, uh, when we had our friend Amanda on, she had talked about Fred Savage fan club and she she got some autograph shit from him too. So I was like, that's pretty cool. Cool. I don't know why I never thought to like write to a celebrity and like and see if I get some autographs, but I should have done that more often. Well, it has been
5: authenticated. It was probably, like I said, like the doorman at the cellar, or something, <laughs> but it's still cool. I'm no, still, I'm still so in a friend. But also,
0: but also these that was a time when that, when you could do, I feel like
5: that, those times are gone. Like, no, yeah, can you no. send a letter, handwritten no, letter to anybody? No, you'd be going on TMZ as being a preposterous yeah. lech. Like, that now, now you just to try to slide
3: into somebody's DM DMs and see what happens.
5: Exactly. That's right.
3: <laughs> I like that. All right. So next week we have our draft and our draft is going to be, uh, since we just did a movie, Starring a SNL cast member alum, we're going to go ahead and draft the most. Me- oh yeah, it was actually two. Yeah. <laughs> Scott just threw up two fingers. I was like, "What is he doing?" I was like, "Oh yeah, don't, David Spade don't as give well." Spade, bro. I cannot diss Spade. So Spade and Farley were SNL cast members. We're going to draft the most memorable comedy movies starring one or more SNL alumni, and that's going to be an interesting cool. draft because who knows where that could go. So, folks, tune in next week. Josh. Hoisting Heavies, where can we reach you? dude? Thank How you can we so hear much.
5: anything about you? Thank you guys so much again for having me on. I'm, gl- I'm glad that I could be here. I wish Ed was here. He's here in spirit. Uh, you guys can check us out at Hoisting Heavies on Instagram. We got Heavies at gmail.com. I think we got a Facebook page, but who really knows? Nobody uses that very much anymore anyway. <laughs> oh, we're
0: he- we're, We have a heavy presence.
5: <laughs> <laughs> if our demographic has a really We're a little hot... bit older than exactly. If, if like any the, of you. Exactly. We're like the type G <laughs> (laughs) uh... if any of you hoisters have a hot mom on facebook we're on facebook too and uh yeah dude uh, honestly uh we're on apple pods on spotify google pods i mean all of it anywhere you can find a podcast and we'll
2: we'll make sure we, we we link and share and all that all those things so dude if you uh if you want to find them, just find us. And then
3: Z- Zach them. was trying to play us out with that. I, I was something. trying to find. I was trying to
2: find something. Oh, shit, we we it. And all song. of a sudden, got real loud, and wow. Scott looked at me like, "Jesus Christ, bro!" <laughs>
5: <laughs> now, if I could say uh, one more thing, dude, thank you guys. This has uh, been an absolute blast. We've we've done a number of pods on our own, but to be on somebody else's and to see your format as inspiring, you guys, your kinetic energy is something to be unmasked with, like. The, the way that you guys interact with one another and your silent comedy in between, I mean, it, it makes me chuckle when I'm driving back and forth. <laughs> and so I got to thank you guys for letting me be a part of it. You guys rock, man. Th- thank you for so much. On, Appreciate buddy. it, Josh. Right, it's
3: been man. a blast. Check out Hoisting Heavies. where your podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Listen to BBK and listen ho- Hoisting Heavies. You've, you've got... Episodes coming out hoisting heavies. Uh, they they put them out when they're ready. So you will find it ready. It's like a little magic, just all of a sudden one day you get that alert. <laughs> oh, hoisting heavies yeah. got a new pod. Sneaking you never out. know. It just shows up. I mean, we're on Tuesdays, so you can catch us every Tuesday, but you know what? Hoisting heavies, it's like a little magical treat that shows up in your inbox. So hoisting heavies, uh, this is BVK. Check us out on the socials, BVK Podcast, at Twitter, at Instagram, and uh, you know we're gonna be on your pod every Tuesday. So check it out.